Bye. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no, I'm, and, and, and what I, what I was, and I don't know, but I, I. Bye. Welcome to the, the dumbest part, part of your day. Bing, bang. This is Common Man and T-Bone. I felt what it was like to be a normal person for five minutes. Because I had like two or three chips. I said, yeah, they were fine. And then I didn't touch the bag the rest of the time. And she says, why can't you do that with the rest of the chips? I don't know why. Those have a different pull on you than uh, these queso ruffles chips. If I could answer why, I wouldn't be lactating right now, woman. Clearly, I don't know why. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five Minute Delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! Shavaka do! You wanna sack? The guy is drunk! Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. We got a big program today. And Teddy's back today. Yeah. How you doing, Ted? Doing good? Doing good, Mike. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Good on you, Teddy. (laughs) Way to go. That was excellent. Ted went to uh, Popeye's yesterday because he takes days off during the summer as we're getting near summer Mm -hmm. simply to go to Popeye's. That's right. I was enjoying my whole day. Enjoying my Popeye's, sitting there with my windows open, the fans on. It's a great day. (laughs) Whatever you like, Teddy. Did you listen to a meteorologist who told you you should put your windows yeah. on? Yeah. Okay, so good. I was like, oh, I got to put my windows you on. You got to put a windows yeah. up, get a, get all the airflow going through That's the house. Right. In, the, in the car or in the house? In the house. Oh, in the well, house. because they tell you. You know, I don't know if you know that, Mike. Meteorologists will tell you, time to open up the windows. Yeah. And people listen. Like, Ted, yeah. Ted listened. He was I, like, Ted, I heard. He, he yeah. obeyed. That's the right. <laughs> the fan. <laughs> the fan. All of, you know what? My guy, Jeff Booth. Stopped me on the parking lot on the way in and said, "Hey, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the camping segment yesterday." So when we were wow. talking about me going camping, throw that one out. <laughs> Remember in the old days when String Bean, the boss here at the radio station, yeah, would compliment us on a segment, mm. and you and I looked at each other and said, "Well, that one sucked." If he liked it, right? I'm I saying th- if Jeff Booth liked it, it sucked. I feel like that would be the other way though too. If I said to Jeff Booth, like, "Hey," That weather report you did was great. He'd be like, ugh, this idiot thought it was good. It sucked. Oh, God. This was terrible. I've never seen a high-pressure system I make explained a, like you. Did I make a graphic that looked phallic? Because that's the only reason he would like it, is if I screwed up or did something stupid. So I must. this must not have been any good. That's probably how he would feel if I gave him a compliment. You're right. We got a big show. We got Teddy's back. We got Bone of Education coming up. Top of the four o'clock hour. What are we learning about Boner? You know what? Uh, I've been on a little bit of the outdoors kick, but yeah, no kidding. It's the it's the season of this, and we've talked about it a little bit. Climbing Mount Everest, not what people used to think it was, right? So I went and did a deep dive on how much does it cost to do this? Who are the people that go and do it? What are the things that have been happening lately? Because it's dangerous anyway, right? But it's gotten super dangerous of late, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm. So we're going to learn about climbing Mount Everest, a thing that a lot of people probably look at as like the height of human achievement and why maybe that's not the right way to look at that. Got to hire a Sherpa. 
oh, there's so much that goes into it. The, the expense alone is ridiculous. It's out of this world. You know who's climbing Mount Everest? Who's that? Jim Tressel. What, what, what do you mean he's climbing Mount Everest? He's doing it. So, is that a joke or is that... No, what do you mean he's, he's climbing? He's got Mount? his uh, pick. Oh, What do they call that? Oh, like an ice pick? Uh, well, it's mean? not called that. It's got a climbing pick. Okay, but yeah, it's meant to dig into the ice to save you if you're sliding down the mountain. Yeah. And then what else? Does he have his... Ellen's uh, there? Does he have his crampas on? Is it Ellen? It's Ellen, right? What do you mean, Ellen? Oh, his wife. Yeah, yes. I forgot his wife's name for a second. Ellen Tressel. Yeah. yeah. Does he have his crampas on? Crampas. Those are the uh, the ice spikes you wear over your boots so that you don't slip. His Sherpa is Tom Amstutz, former I, Toledo coach. Oh, they, okay. That was <laughs> very random. I did not catch the I reference, know, I got to tell you. There's no reference. Okay. It's just a name that popped in my head. There's no reference. <laughs> All right. Good. How you doing, Tress? Doing good, Mike. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Uh, that, that was a long way to get back to that <laughs> no, one. I got to tell no. you, that would, I felt like I went to you Everest on Let's that one. Let's scratch the first six minutes of this show because this <laughs> sucks. Edit this out of the podcast, Teddy. Should I play some Tom Petty just to give you an excuse? No, don't play any Tom Petty. That's the Would You Rather is coming up at 534. Send in your Would You Rather tweets at manandbone971. Your chance to win fabulous prizes. All right, here's a couple things for you. Number one, Kyle Young announcing today that he is retiring from basketball. Yeah. That is good. Look, it's not good that he's been forced to do this. Because Kyle Young would not play a minute in the NBA, but he can go overseas and make some money, and he could be a professional if he wanted to. I'm sure. convinced of that. Right. But he's just had so many head injuries and so many concussions that I felt guilty, even though I knew he could help my team when he was on the court. I felt guilty wanting him to be on the court because I was concerned for his well-being. And now he's going to hang him up. He's saying basketball no longer in the cards for him. Yeah, I, I, I feel for him, too. But I also applaud him for making a good decision that probably wasn't the easiest one in the world, like you said. No, you, but this was the only decision to make. You can travel the world. You could get to go see other places, make some cash, continue to play the sport you've probably loved ever since he was a kid, right? I mean, you know, for a lot of guys to be able to get to this level, you have to have that type of dedication to the sport. So I wish him well going forward and whatever else he wants to do, but... Yeah, man, that's you'll never take away the stuff he did on the court for Ohio State and, and the great career he had. But I'm sure he would have liked to see that continue. But he's making the right decision. This is this is a 40-year-old man almost saying to a guy who's, what, 23? I was going to say, he's not 40. No, I'm saying me as an oh, almost 40-year-old right. saying to a guy who, if I were his age, I would not have had the insight to say, yeah, I should stop doing this thing. You know, I would I probably would have tried to keep going anyway. I'm saying now... I can see why that's a really good decision. Good of him to be mature enough to recognize it at his age. Here's some more sad news for you. You know, we had the big moment, Kentucky Derby this past weekend. Rich Strike was 80 to 1 odds to win this thing. Came out of nowhere. What a story. And what was the first thing out of somebody's mouth? Is oh, he going to win, win the Triple Crown? crown yeah. What's going to happen at the Preakness? Well, the sad news is Rich Strike will not be racing at the Preakness. Hey man, I don't, I don't, he's already, there's no way you can go but down on this. I know people would say, well, he could go win the triple crown. Not likely, right? That's not, that's not Rich something Strike you said expect. he needed some rest. He oh, said, they asked, they, he asked for a maintenance yeah, day? Yeah, he asked him. Oh, okay. Is Skip Bayless going to be mad about that? That the horse wants a maintenance day? Yes. I bet he is. He's pretty mad about that. Hey man, good. Good for the people who own that horse saying, there's no need to do this. 
You you have cashed in, have you not? Well, is it is it because they really want to rest the horse, or because the jockey's got some problems? Oh, <laughs> jockey's got some problems. Well, is doesn't the saying? jockey have problems? He does. There was uh, there was a something about I, I don't remember the right term. Like he, he was careless riding. Yes, yes, he was getting in trouble for that, and so careless he suspended. Whisper. He is suspended from running at some tracks, but then again, I read that he's allowed to run at other tracks where they run some of these other horses. So I don't know what the rules are. I'm not a horse racing guy. Either way, I'd bet they could find another jockey to run this horse. But that I good for them for just deciding not to do it. You've already cashed in. This horse won the Kentucky Derby. Enjoy that. And then go out and, and stud out the horse and make all the money doing that type of thing, which is a weird industry to be in, but it's an industry. Let them live. We should have a little parody song instead of uh, careless whisper. It's careless writing. Hmm. Well, George Michael. Why don't, you, why don't you make Ed. that? Sounds great. And I'm never going to race again. But he's not. He's Guilty the only... feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to race again. They said it's like the sixth or seventh time he's been popped for this. It happens. Okay. I don't know. I like how you know. It's like, ah, it happens. I'm Mr. Horse. No, I said they They said it happens. They said it's a Who's thing you they? do. Pat Forty? No, the, the guys who own the horse say, well, he's an aggressive rider and this comes with the territory and we have there's plenty of guys in the sport who have been busted for this it's just a thing that happens it's too bad it happened right now all right. that's all though it's easy to pretend i know you're not a fool yeah i thought i thought jockey's got some problems was a better little reference by you but whatever uh nfl schedule release tonight at eight o'clock teddy's cowboys have the easiest schedule in the league according to well we know who they're playing Right, right. Everything. All, all we are getting today is, and I'm not saying this is small. Dates and times. We're getting the order. Yes. What weeks will what games occur? How many weeks will you have where you're like this team and that? Team? Oh my gosh! Look at week eleven. Like, and that'll all be wrong, right? Because by week eleven, we'll be like, oh, those teams we thought were good, they suck. I know, but this is genius by the NFL and whoever's running their marketing, because they just casually leak out a couple games here and there. There are more schedule leaks today, but you know people at 8 o'clock will either be blued to, glued and... And blued. <laughs> They'll be blued to their TVs. Glued to their TVs or computer screens looking for the schedule. I got to get a new TV. I, I got to my model of TV, I guess. Uh, according to last year's win-loss record, the Cowboys have the easiest schedule in the league. Their combined opponent's record last year, 133-155-1. and one. Here are the hardest schedules. All right. The Rams have the hardest schedule. They won the Super Bowl. Congratulations to them. 164 up, 125 down, no ties. Their opponent's winning percentage last year was 567. That's tops in the league. Mm. Cardinals have the second toughest schedule, according to winning percentage. The Bengals have the third toughest. Their opponents had a winning percentage of 536. Your Brownies, middle of the pack, tied for 17th. Opponents winning percentage of 495. Yeah, it's not totally surprising, right? I mean, I think it correlates with your record. When you, well, yeah, and when that, you have you who know, else really is good in record, division you're playing too, a lot of tough teams. Because here are the bottom four that have the easiest schedules in the league. The Giants, the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Cowboys. Yeah, go figure. They you're have, all they get crappy. They play each other twice. Yes. Yeah, it's, that sounds about right to me. I will say, I feel like at this point, there's been so many leaks of the schedule. It might just be easier for the NFL when they do this to say, like, here's the seven games you don't know are happening, and that's it. Because it feels like every other game's already been Yeah, leaked. I just saw the complete Bears schedule. 
Oh, good. When I sat down. <laughs> and, and good news, because you see it every single year, and every single year it's a disappointment. They got the Bears at the Packers on Sunday night football in week two. Oh, yeah. Right. You're gonna get you're gonna get that game because it's a big theoretically a big rival. And if you're gonna do that, you wanna put like a team like the Bears has a lot of history, a big fan base, and a propensity for disappointing that fan base every year. You wanna put their big primetime matchups early in the season and get them out of the way, more or less, to say, Hey, we didn't know they were gonna be this crappy. We thought it'd be good. We're giving them a chance. You know what? It's not a rivalry anymore. It's not a rivalry until the Bears show up and actually do something. This is what I say to the Michigan fans all the time. Michigan fans, I'm on your side of this Bears-Packers rivalry. Right. My team is irrelevant. My team sucks, and they have for a long time. I know exactly what's going to happen in that game. Bears will play 10 minutes of inspired football. The announcers will start talking about, oh, we could see something. And then Aaron Rodgers will put down his cigarette and kill everyone. That's about it. And he'll, he'll do his little championship belt thing, and he'll say, I own you, and that'll be a big deal for some people. It's going to be the same story. Why do we need to see it on national television again? Isn't that eminently frustrating, though, to know that that's, if you do get the Packers and you beat them in week two, you know, I think it would matter if, you know, Bears and Packers were both double-digit win teams and you beat them in December at Lambeau. That would be special to you, right? But or week two... And you beat the Packers? It's not going to happen. No, no. I know it's not. I'm saying even if it did, though, you would say, well, why? Aaron Rodgers just wasn't in, like, let's go mode? Like, you would you would even then say, yeah, he just never really got going in that game. But they're still the better team. You would feel, you would not feel, like, elated in week two, even if they did win it, which they won't. I am a Bears fan that knows the intricacy and ins and outs of this rivalry. And I'm telling you, I don't want to see it. In week two. Yeah. I can imagine the casual fan is sick of seeing it. You know what the outcome's going to be. Give me two good teams on Sunday night. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know why they keep doing it other than the name brands. That's about it. All right, coming up next, Greg Norman puts his foot in his mouth again. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Look out for a crash on Sawmill Road at Bright Road, and you have a crash on Walker Road westbound at Patterson Road as well, and some slow traffic on northbound 71 between 670 and 11th Avenue. This report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get real about flavor and freshness at your local Fresh Time Market. This week, save on grass-fed, boneless New York strip steak, just $7.99 a pound through now through May 17th. Get real. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Off Topic is on brand. This is Man and Bone. I'll tell you what, man. I am fascinated by all this PGA Tour live golf drama. Not the biggest golf guy in the world, but I like a good soap opera. And that's what that this is. Oh, it's, it's total... This the way this whole situation is played out, I don't think could have gone worse for the people who are trying to start the upstart thing. 
I don't think it could be going better from a PR standpoint. Absolutely, for the, right. like old guard PGA. We don't want to from see a this PR happen. Standpoint for live, it is a disaster. It is thirty for thirty worthy. That's how bad it is. Yeah, and it probably. Oh, I'm I'm guessing they're already all the people who make those types of things, whether it's Netflix or ESPN or whoever's going to eventually do this. This this could be like that fire festival. You know, when that went off the rails yeah. and we got two documentaries on it almost within the same couple of months, I could see multiple people making a, a documentary on how badly this thing is going. So the PGA Tour has declined all of the waivers saying, well, you, you can go play over there if you want to. You can go play for Liv Tyler, but you can't come back here and play. Right. So the PGA had previously said, you aren't allowed to go over there. And then if you if you participate in these other tournaments... That's it for you and the PGA. A lot of golfers didn't believe that. Yes. They were so going to call said, their well, bluff. I'm going to just put in a waiver and I'm sure that because they'll want me to play. And, and apparently the PGA so far has said, no, we're not. <laughs> we're sticking to our guns. And I guess there's what are they? Are they going further with that of like they may have do like a lifetime ban type of thing? They haven't announced it? that yet. But okay. that's 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 the rumor that the they could do that. that could happen. But you know what? This is going so poorly for Liv and Greg Norman I don't think they even have to go that far because I think it's just imploding on itself. I know you have some players that have already committed to this, but I wonder when you continue to have public relations gaps like this, what I'm about to tell you, and when Callaway calls or whatever their sponsor is saying, hey, you know, you're, you're free to go over there and play and take all the prize money you want, but you're going to do it without our sponsorship if these golfers all of a sudden have a change of heart. Plus, you have... Who's the world number one? Is it Scotty Schifrin? Scheffler. Scheffler. Michaela yeah. Schifrin, Scotty Schifrin, whatever. whatever. Yes. You know, they're they're essentially coming out, a lot of these top players backing the PGA, saying, yeah, they should have denied the request. You can either play here, you could be with us or against us. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I mean, it's there, there are plenty of people who own giant sports things in the world that probably are not great if you want to go look at their history. I mean, hell, you just saw what happened with Chelsea. The soccer team is currently being sold because Roman Abramovich, Russian oligarch who owned them, you know, had a lot of ties to this whole thing going on with a war between Russia and Ukraine. And so it was, you know, he was sanctioned by the UK government and he said, okay, fine, I got to get out of that. I'm going to, I'm going to sell and get out of the sport. There were lots of people who thought he was bad to be in that sport in the first place. But the reason that that worked out for him and he was able to own that team for like 20 years is because it was Chelsea. Chelsea was a proven Chelsea's entity. Chelsea's already a thing. Like that, like once the people who you might say, I'm not so sure if that guy's great for the sport, takes over and buys something that is that important to that many people, these networks can't say, well, we won't put Chelsea on the air. Not that they were going to do that anyway, but you know what I mean? That already, there'd be a ton of fans outraged about that. Live the golf series does not have that yet. Right. They are trying to start that. So that's why when people are questioning, what are the connections between some of these things that are alleged? That's where you don't have that background to say, oh, well, hey, who cares, right? It's Chelsea. You got to put it on TV. You don't have to put this on TV. A lot of people may choose to not even back this before it starts. So the Saudis are backing Live. Greg Norman is their CEO. And he had a press conference yesterday in London promoting the first event, which I think is coming up in early June. 
And he was asked about the killing of the Saudi Arabian, Saudi Arabian journalist. Well, Jamal Khashoggi, who, you know, lived in the U.S., Washington Post journalist, is alleged to have the involvement from the Saudi Arabian no, monarchy. It. Well, Prince Mohammed bin Salman is the guy, right, that, that they're talking about, MBS. And his, his thing was like, oh, my guys were kind of interrogating him and uh, whoops-a-doozle, things got out of hand, I think is the closest he's come right. to admitting to it. But you get the idea. It's everyone in there, anyone who's followed this knows it looks really bad for them. And yes, Jamal Khashoggi has become a name that's associated with MBS. Like you can't. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg, too. Of, I mean, of human course. rights violations, everything. So but, Greg Norman was asked about this yesterday. And he had to know this question was coming. He's been asked the question before. But he gives such an asinine answer. Here's Greg Norman. Everybody's owned up to it, right? It's been spoken about from what I've read, going on what you guys reported. Take ownership, no matter what it is. Look, we've all made mistakes. Hmm. And you just want to learn from those mistakes and how you can correct them moving forward. That is the worst answer ever. It reminded me of Terrell Pryor. Everybody kills, everybody murders from back in the day. Everyone does kills people and murder people and uh, all types steals from you, steals from me, whatever. Here's the difference, though. Mm. Terrell Pryor was a 20-year-old idiot with no life experience whatsoever and a camera in his face. Greg Norman is a 60-year-old multimillionaire who is the CEO of a billion-dollar corporation. And this is the answer he gives. <laughs> What the it's, hell are we doing here? It's a ridiculous answer, right? I mean, he chalked up a guy being murdered yeah, to a mistake. Mistakes, don't we? But he owned up to it, right? So in Greg Norman's mind, if you own up to your mistakes, like murder, then it's it's cool. Hey, again, if Greg Norman is saying a guy went to prison for 30 years for murder, he has owned up to it and... Now he's getting paroled. He's a changed person. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, well, hey, the guy that I'm working with right now, don't forget, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, that guy is the head of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which is what's financing Live Golf. So Greg Norman is being asked about essentially his boss in this endeavor who is accused of killing a guy, and he's saying, well, even if he did it, so what? Right? He, he learned from it. his mistakes. He learned from he his mistakes, yeah. He copped to Which, it. Which, isn't that also kind of what got Phil Mickelson in hot water? Now, he said that not into a microphone. He, well, he said it when he was being interviewed for the unauthorized book, I guess, and he didn't realize that was going to come out. But he essentially said, hey, man, you know... These guys have some, some, they're probably murderers, right? But hey, we're trying to do something Man, different. All, all of this stuff that's coming out about this, that Phil Mickelson book, you know, because it was those quotes, then we heard about his gambling debts. Mm -hmm. That's also supposedly and a I was, book. Well, yeah. And I was talking to Skip Mossick Dance Party today. Yeah. And he heard that there's, there's more stuff coming out about mm. Phil. Mm -mm -mm. That's this guy good. hid. This guy hid in plain sight for a long time, but it seems like it's all crashing down. Yeah, man. I I don't understand at this point what would be the motivation for the PGA to say, yeah, our guys go there and play. They have not. Well, and and they're not doing it right. They they are essentially choking off the supply line of what Live needs to survive. Yeah, there's money there. Live can afford to just lose all this money for years and years and years. I'm sure they have quite a bit of it to lose. But the question becomes. What is my reason, if I were a golf fan, to watch this if none of the big stars are going, 
And you're going to basically see some like also ran guys who will not be allowed at PGA events go out. And this time, instead of making, you know, 15 grand, they're going to make 50 grand or a hundred grand. Like, so what? They're not, the golf will not be better. And you're not getting the big stars over there, most likely. Yeah, to your point, I don't know if Sergio Garcia and Lee Westwood is going to move right. the needle for you. Meter? Needle? Lee Greenwood, either. I don't, maybe Green. he'll, maybe he can go. Ted? Alive. He's still singing that song at every other All right, event. Okay. It's, every other event in the South, they bring him out and he sings it. All right. Coach Prime is concerned. Details next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Look out for a crash on Sawmill Road at Bright Road, and you have slow traffic southbound 71 between 5th Avenue and East Broad. Slow traffic as well northbound 71 between 670 and 11th Avenue as the rush hour begins to kick in. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give them a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them on the web for your fast and free quote today. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Today's special value is three hours of stupid. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. It's Would You Rather Thursday. Send in your Would You Rather tweets at manandbone971. Your chance to win fabulous prizes. Even without your guy, John Morant, oh, the yeah. Grizzlies beat the Warriors last night to force game six. Here is a stunning stat because I am known for my NBA stats. That's what you do. You love those stats. Memphis scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And yet they still ended up with 134 points for the game. You want to know why that is? Because I'm guessing they shot well. That's what uh, I'm guessing. Well, not just that, but in the third quarter of that game, uh, the Grizzlies scored 42 points to the Warriors' 17. And that, as they say in the business, was that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they really kind of ran away with this from the start. They never trailed. Grizzlies... I said this yesterday. They're a good basketball team, even without John Morant. They had this weird thing happen because he tweaked his knee back in, I want to say, November, early in the season. And he missed 12 or 15 games. And I want to say they were like undefeated or maybe a loss or two out of the 15 or so. So John Morant sucks is what you're saying. No, I'm not saying better without him. I'm saying, oh, I, I can say this for sure. You remember old uh, Bill Simmons of the Ringer fame and ESPN page two fame before that. Mm-hmm. He used to have this theory that he talked about all the time, the Ewing theory, which was that because the Knicks like had a that year they went to the finals. They did so without him because he got injured halfway through the playoffs and they still made it to the finals. And the theory was if they won the NBA championship, 
I mean, they clearly look like a better team without him on the floor. He used to call that the Ewing theory. And there were other guys who were Ewing theory guys where it's like, they're really good, but if you take them off their team, their team somehow improves. I don't think John Moran is that guy, but certainly the Grizzlies are very good even when he's not out there. And don't forget, he didn't play in game four either. And that one came right down to the wire. And a lot, I mean, if you watch that game, the Grizzlies arguably should have won it. They just made they just made some poor plays down the stretch, like like a couple of them at the end that cost them that game. But they they by rights gave that game away. So it could easily be the other way around here. Three two going for the Grizzlies, where they could be going to try to win this series. Instead, they're going to hopefully they they are hoping they're going to tie it up in Game Six at home and then force a Game Seven. I don't know if that's likely, but. That was a masterful performance by the Grizzlies last night. Bone, Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime, says he's concerned about college athletes turning into professionals. Yeah. Um, well, he he brought this up in a video that he posted on Twitter. He said, among other things, when you start paying athletes like they're professionals, you get athletes acting like they're professionals. And you don't have staffs large enough and equipped enough to handle a young man with money. Let me go deeper. Handle a young man that's making more money than some of the coaches on staff. I suggest to you to allow college teams to hire more qualified men, qualified that can handle these young men that's getting this money. Um, He also said that with name, image, and likeness, it's not really what it was intended to be. He said, quote, see with the NIL, which really isn't NIL because it ain't no name, image, and likeness. It's just pay-per-view right now. That's what they're doing at the big boys. Little boys, we can't compete with that. Talking about Jackson State where he coaches. Uh, But anyway, you've got a problem. So... He's saying more or less, well, how do you fix the problem, though? Just hire more coaches? Well, his his argument is you need to take the limits off on how many people you can have on staff. And that's fine for perhaps Coach Prime and Deion Sanders' you know, coaching abilities will allow him to find the right guys to help with that. His experience level might allow that to go further, given that he played professionally for many, many years and might have some idea of what all that's supposed to be. But I don't I don't know how the budgets of most schools the size of Jackson State are going to be able to afford what he's talking about, right? Let alone, there's a lot of schools that are bigger than Jackson State that are not going to hire 100 coaches or whatever it takes no, to you they, know, support they can't. this. Look, you're right, and they'll do this eventually. They will adjust the number of uh, assistants you can have on your staff. They're already talking about that. But you'll, you'll have Mac schools. Why do Mac schools come into Ohio State every single year and get their ass beaten? For a paycheck. Right, because they get $1.8 million, and that pretty much funds their athletic department. These schools can't afford to go out and hire four more guys to put on their staff. They yeah. just can't do it. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is is weird about all of this, because he's not wrong that how you, you're hiring a coach at Jackson State. There's a certain budget for schools the size of Jackson State. There's a certain budget for the coaching staff, for the weight room, for... All that stuff, travel budget, all that is going to be different than it is at like Ohio State or Bama or Texas, right? You, though, now are entering a world where you could have a player who's making more than most of the guys in name, image, and likeness at Ohio State or Texas or Florida or Bama coming to Jackson State, coming to a smaller school, and then they are not prepared to handle that possibilities that exist there, right? I I equate this to... Like if everyone in your office, wherever you work, was suddenly told, hey, you all are now on a million dollar salary. Congratulations. There would be some new problems that would come up, don't you think? 
Like, number one, your parking lot might might have to look different if everyone is suddenly like, oh, I make a million dollars a year. So now we're all driving like Porsches and Ferraris and crazy exotic cars. I don't want to park that just out on a regular old lot. I want it to be covered. I want to have key access so that not just anybody can pull in there. We need wider spots so my doors don't get dinged. Like, that's just one aspect of if everyone got a raise, suddenly you need other infrastructure and systems in place so that expectations are met. College sports is getting there where you've got guys coming in with pro-style expectations, but it's still college-level athletic budgets, and that's not going to work well. Gene Smith was talking to... 11 Warriors, and I'll paraphrase what he had to say. He, in a nutshell, said that he's in favor of this NCAA regulation on NIL, even if some lawsuits come of it, because they need something. And he said, look, you could see a lot of this coming, but what we couldn't see coming was the booster collectives. You know, whether it's in the name of a charity or whatever, these boosters ganging up and paying players essentially outright for their services. We didn't see it coming. And I get that to a point. You know, but at the, at the end of the day, you should have, because it's your job. Oh yeah, you're right. right. We, I mean, you and I didn't see it, and well, maybe we should have. It's our what? job too. We're not, but... we're not in the weeds like he is. Right. I mean, he he talks about boosters like he has no connection with them. That's Gene Smith's job to well, know what boosters are thinking, how they're thinking, how they want to spend their money. Gene Smith, first and foremost, I know he won't admit this. The school won't admit this. I'm not saying this is all he does because it's not. But first and foremost, he is a fundraiser. He well, is a fundraiser right. for that athletic department. I will say this, too. I know I'm I'm overly cynical on this stuff, but, I mean, is it possible that a lot of the reason you're seeing, like, Gene Smith, why would he come out against the name, image, and likeness stuff? Ohio State, if anywhere, is going to benefit from that more than most schools, right? If anybody can handle big booster culture and all that stuff, Ohio State could. But I think part of this, that at least, is feeding some of these fears from the athletic directors is the athletic directors... Their job is to get the money from the boosters and get it into the school, right? Their job is to get the money from the boosters to build new buildings and to yeah. Now slap the boosters have things. a different priority, which is go directly to the players. Say you're a guy who donates a million dollars a year to the school because that's just your you love donating to Ohio State. Well, now you've got this booster group coming and saying, "Hey, you could join us and you could help us land the next great quarterback or big time linebacker or whatever." And that guy might be saying, well, maybe I'll do both. Maybe I'll do my half a million dollar donation now to Ohio State, and I'll do half a million well, to the booster you're thing. right. That guy probably thinks, well, I'm helping the school either way. I'm getting all these great players for the well, school. And, and he might be, but right, I'm but, saying... But Gene's saying then, well, how do I pay the rowing team right. with half the amount of money that you're going to donate? Do I, how do I fund these other things? I'm not saying... Look, what I'm saying is I think it's funny that the athletic directors across the country now are suddenly saying, oh, oh, wait, no, we're fine with booster culture, we just want all the money coming to us so we can determine where it goes. Now the boosters are saying, what if we just gave it to the guys that we like? And that's freaking out the athletic departments who are saying, oh, uh, uh, wait, no, no. How will we, we have building projects planned because we thought you would just keep donating these millions of dollars. That's why I think they're becoming more comfortable yes. with the idea of paying athletes directly because then they can control the funds that's coming it. from them. You donate to us. We pay the paychecks. Right. We make sure it's all fair. It. And that's the only way to do that is to break away from the NCAA, which is a whole well, other discussion. Have, we have but, more on that later. Yeah, yeah. The Nets don't sound like they're high on Kyrie. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. 
Right now we're looking at a crash on Sawmill Road at Bright Road. Use caution if you're heading through there and you have another crash on Walker Road westbound after Patterson Road and some slow traffic on southbound 71 between 5th Avenue and East Broad. This report is sponsored by Ace Hardware, West Jefferson, now hiring. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. The best way to kill time between Leanna Ray's traffic reports. You're listening to Man and Bone. I got to tell you, Leanna sounds rather mannish today. <laughs> the man, baby. Well, it's not Leanna today. Oh, it's not? No, it's uh, James Harden or whatever his name is. Our guy. Mm-hmm. Making it happen. Uh, Kyrie was changing the world by playing video games on Twitch yesterday. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's just for a guy who lectures everyone all the time. He's about on a higher choices. plane of existence. Right, right. That's my issue with it. Of course. Uh, his general manager, Sean Marks, was talking about what the future of the Nets is going to look like. He said, we need people here that want to be here. They're selfless. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And there's an objective and there's a goal at stake here. And in order to do that, we're going to need availability from everybody. Mm. Sounded like he was talking right to Kyrie. Oh, he, he definitely is. And he he expressed that. Like, they they asked him about as the as the quotes go on he was asked about like the decision for Kyrie to play after initially saying that he should not be with the team if he can't play in home games he shouldn't play in any of the games and he basically said yeah that was the plan that's what we wanted to do and then we had some injuries to guys Kevin Durant was his minutes were insane and we figured it's not fair to the rest of the team when we have the potential to be better it's not fair to them to put the guys who are able to play through this and not see the results we could be. So that's when they changed course. He said, but there was never like a script where we were like, we're going to do this until January or February. And then we're going to let Kyrie play. And no, he said that, well, that was just how it went as things went along. But yeah, he's, he's not happy at all with this Kyrie situation. And I don't blame him one bit. Well, these conversations are interesting enough by themselves, but remember Kyrie came out when they were eliminated and essentially said, yeah, me and Kevin Durant, we're going to work with the owner. We're going to work with the GM, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to manage this team together. We're, we're going to build this. Yeah, he was talking about wanting to build it up and all that stuff. It didn't sound like that sit, sat well with Sean Marks. Well, make no mistake about it. Kyrie Irving is a talented enough player like you see in any industry, Mike. We've talked about this before. If you are the best salesman at your widget company where you make widgets and sell them, that salesman can show up a little late, leave a little early, hit the golf course midweek when everybody else is out trying to grind. As long as the numbers keep coming in, they don't really care, right? Yeah. But when the results are, you don't get the numbers. When the results are, everyone else is pulling in one direction and you're not. And then you don't, 
if they were still in the playoffs, you're not hearing Sean Marks say anything like this because he's not even having this press conference, right? They're still in the playoffs. But at the end of the season, they wouldn't be talking about this if they were one of the four teams left. They got bounced early and didn't really look good doing it. And a big reason for that is because you had inconsistency on that team. You had Kyrie Irving not be a part of that team. They were a lower seed because of it. When he played, he was as good as anyone out there. In fact, I mean, you can make the case that they may not have made the playoffs if he doesn't show up and play. But I don't blame Sean Marks at all for saying, you got to be a good teammate. I think we sometimes confuse good teammate with good person or good dude, right? All good teammate means is you're bought into whatever the team is trying to do. Oh, yeah, there are plenty of bad guys that were good know, teammates because we, they went to war with their teams. Well, yeah, or even take it out of the <laughs> take it out of the world of sports for a second. Like, I mean, like I'm sure there are dudes who are ride or die with that with Vladimir Putin, right? They're good teammates, they're bad dudes. Like just that just means you're loyal to something. And you may agree even though I don't personally, you might agree with the stances that Kyrie Irving took. That's fine. We could have that debate some other place. What we're talking about here is does that make you a good teammate or not? When you were there was a clear way to get on the floor, you're paid it's not like he works at FedEx. The guy is paid millions of dollars to play basketball and unfortunately or not, paid millions of dollars to put your body through things that otherwise most humans would not do, right? I'm not saying that excuses the treatment of athletes by fans, not at all. I am saying when you play 82 basketball games and then a bunch of playoff games and then try to walk around when you're 52, your way of walking might be a little different than everyone else's because your knees, your ankles, your hips, yep, everything is shot because you gave it all on the floor. That's unfortunate, but that is the price you pay when you get all these millions of dollars to play basketball. I'm just saying Kyrie probably didn't want to get the shot. We clearly know all that. But it still might have been a bad teammate decision, not just, hey, man, I got my personal standards. No, no, you have decided to be a bad teammate in that moment because you're not buying in and doing the thing that a lot of other guys on that team may not have wanted to do either, but they did it because they're that's their job. I saw an interesting stat on Kyrie today because Kyrie's very pissed off that he's not on the all 75 team, right? No, right. Even though it shouldn't matter to him because he's on a higher plane of existence. Anyway, yeah, he's all upset about that. Kyrie Irving has never received an MVP vote in his entire career. You know what? I find that odd. It Not <laughs> one vote. We know he hasn't won the award, but he hasn't gotten one vote. I'm trying to think all the way back through his career. When he played with the Cavs, you know, largely before LeBron came back, he was probably too young, too early in his career to get serious MVP consideration, even though he was really good. Then he played with LeBron, and you're not going to get an MVP vote when you're playing with LeBron, right? Most likely. He's also missed a lot of games. Too. Oh, I know he has. He's missed a lot of games. And then now, like, yeah, he went to Boston where he wasn't nearly as good as anyone had hoped. But that would have been his best chance possibly to get an MVP vote. But even there, he's playing with talented guys. There's other talented players, Jason Tatum, those guys. And then he goes and teams up with Kevin Durant. You're not getting you're not gonna get MVP votes over Kevin Durant, most likely. So yeah, that's that you're right. It's shocking on the surface, but I guess if you think back through his career, when would be the years where he would have really deserved to get those well, votes? I'm, I'm looking back at the stats. 2016-2017, he played in 72 games. But that was the high water mark. That was his that was Cavs, right? That, that was, was Cavs. Still, that was his last year with the Cavs. Right. So with the the Celtics, with he all... played in 60 games, 67 games and then 20, 54 and 29. Yeah. I mean, it it 
there have been injuries. There have been, you know, the COVID stuff. But there's also been, like, he's just been on some good teams with other great players. And they probably, if anything, cancel each other out in those years. Bone of education coming up next. Oh, and we're going to learn about lunar plants. Oh, double bone of education. Moon plants. We're going to do man of education and then bone of education. I like that. Common man and T-bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Oh, and some even more fun facts. My grandpa is the OG James Harden. No lie. Well, anyway, we have a crash on the right shoulder. Westbound 270 as you approach Sawmill Road, causing a little bit of slow traffic from 315. And you have a crash on Sawmill Road at Bright Road, so use caution there. This report is sponsored by RumpkeCareers.com. I am Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Getting fatter and angrier by the minute. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Thursday. It's Would You Rather Thursday. Send in your Would You Rather tweets. At Man and Bone 971, your chance to win fabulous prizes. In a landmark first, scientists have grown plants in lunar soil using samples collected during the Apollo missions to the moon. So they were they were grown here. Okay. But with moon soil. But only moon soil? Or only we, not a moon mixture. Soil. We didn't like mix it no. in with regular old topsoil. This is the first time plants have been sprouted and grown on Earth in soil from another celestial body. Hot. So <laughs> that's that's creepy how you said celestial sounds, body. I sounds don't like hot. that. Um, d- well, maybe you're going to tell me. Have they been trying this ever since? Yeah. Or oh, okay. So they've been trying for what sixty plus years or almost sixty years, something like that. Long time. 55 years, whatever it's been. Yeah. They say uh, little it's little sprouts. I mean, it's not like we're talking corn stalks here. Oh, sure. Little I know. Tiny plants. And they say that the plants are not happy. Oh, they're not they like. Don't, they don't like doing particularly this, well. But this is the first time they've gotten anything. Now, so how that, did, that's something. What, it, what was the, did they say what caused the breakthrough? Was it like the way they engineered these seeds to be able to. Perhaps I I gave up a couple paragraphs in oh, the I story. See. Okay, I mean, what do you think I am here? <laughs> Can I ask you this? Did they grow without any oxygen or water? Given that they won't have that if they try to grow plants on the moon, huh? If we took this technology, went to the moon, and we're like, cool, we can colonize the moon now. We can grow crops there. There's not going to be any air on the moon. It's a vacuum space. Yes. Well, they did use water. It says yeah. the scientists filled each well with a gram of lunar soil, added nutrients and water, mm. and uh, poked in a few seeds of some watercress thing. Oh, okay. I a see. small flowering plant native to Eurasia and Africa. Okay. So maybe the idea here is if we were to take an expedition, let's say, to the moon and try to 
put a colony up there, you would have plenty of moon dirt to use or dust or whatever we're calling this stuff. But then you would you would have the in, you could bring it into your space lab and then grow food. Yes, this was done inside clearly. Right. So but they're saying maybe we could do that, but we'd have plenty of dirt. We wouldn't have to haul the dirt up from from you know, the U.S. or right. from the world. and it's bring like it the up Martian. There. Yeah, with Matt Damon. Oh, is That's that what, how that went in the Martian? Yeah, He just exactly. brought in the Mars dust and Matt was able to Damon. grow plants. Your guy. What was the movie yeah. I didn't like? Grew potatoes. What do you mean? that one? Interstellar? What was the other one he was in? Well, he wasn't. Well, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was. was. Interstellar. Is that the one you didn't like? Yeah, that's with, the one I didn't like. Yeah. With Matthew McConaughey? Well, because well, there were lots of things I didn't like about it, but the main thing I didn't like about it is that they have like these robots. Yes. That do everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they do everything. They're just as good as having human beings, but for some reason, we have to strand humans, actual humans, on these alien worlds. Didn't make a lot of sense, no. right? Why also, not just put the robot on the world and have the robot do the experiments? Also, the robots in uh, Interstellar, I felt like they were just stand-ins where they were like, put a guy in a silver costume that's all squarish. They and were then- transformery. Well, yeah, but then it, was, it felt like they would say, oh, and in post, we'll like edit in a cyborg looking really cool robot. And then instead they were like, no, we'll just leave the big giant flat panel space robots. It was weird. I didn't like it. But I also don't like Matthew McConaughey. So anything he does annoys me. Yeah. Yeah, because he's too. Matthew McConaughey. Let me tell you why you hate him. He's one of those guys. Well, okay. You tell me why you think I hate him. Because he's an Austin guy and he's all in on Austin FC. no. And he's friends with Precourt. That's not it. That's why. No, that's secretly why. No, no, that's not it. Because I didn't like him before any of that happened. And then when that happened, I said, of course. (laughs) Of course he would side with that. Of course. Here's why I don't like Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey strikes me as the type of guy who's like, hey, man, you just put your mind to it. You can do anything you want. You know what I mean? But it broke for him because... He had a 99% head start on the rest of us. He's handsome. He's got the good looks. He was an actor. He did well early on in life. And now as a 50-some-year-old man, he's like, man, you just try hard and work hard. It's going to be fine. It's like, no, that actually is not how it is all the time, Matt. Like sometimes you just happen to be in the right spot, get the right break early in your career, and it works out for you. Don't tell other people that that's how it's going to be for them. They don't all look like you. Very angry. Very angry. And he sucks. And he writes all these motivational books and he gets on the Lincoln commercials like, I'm going to tell you what. What are you going to tell you me? See, this Life is, is awesome. Understand about you. This is exactly what I hate about The Rock. And you can't understand what I mean by it. Rock is that guy on social media where it's like, hey man, rise and grind. I've been up since four. You can do it too. Pump iron. It's like, no, dude, you're The Rock. You know what? That's fair. I didn't come to know The Rock that way. I came to know The Rock as the badass on wrestling that I watched. And then now you're right. Now I found out more about him. And I'm like, yeah, that part is very annoying. I totally agree with you on that. Good. I'm vindicated. Bone of education. What good is a radio show if it can't teach you about useless things? Here, I've redorculated. Open your minds and unzip your pants because it's time for Bone of Education. Sponsored by White Castle. The new 1921 slider is finally here. Try one today, only at White Castle. Hey, man, you just want to make it your personal Everest, man. You climb any mountain you want to. I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to tell you why that's wrong. Mount Everest is really hard to climb, and it's not just because people can't try hard enough, Matthew McConaughey. There's a lot of things. Matthew McConaughey sounds like Bill Clinton. All right, I did kind of lose it there. That's fine. Anyway, so first off, some basics. Mount Everest sits right at the border between Nepal and Tibet. It is the tallest mountain in the world, the highest point on planet Earth. There are many possible routes to get to the top of Mount Everest, but the majority of climbers usually choose between two. 
the south route in Nepal and the north route in Tibet. Most companies that operate and take people up the mountain operate from the Nepal side as climbing in Tibet has become more expensive and more controlled in recent years. Those climbing on the south route fly into Nepal's capital of Kathmandu, fly onto the village of Lukla, where travelers begin hiking to the Everest base camp, and then from there they try to summit Mount Everest. Every now, single time I hear Nepal, I think of Jim Lachey saying Nepal. Oh, but <laughs> he's saying Paul. Nepal! Yeah, because he's... <laughs> Hey, Nepal! Right, he's talking about Paul Keels. Nepal Keels. Anyway, the first two to ever summit Mount Everest, of course, if you're not familiar, are Sir Edmund Hillary. Oh, of course. And Tenzing Norgay. You said that like everybody knows. Well, if I didn't know. Okay, well, I'm telling you, in 1953 is when they did this, but they were not the first expedition to try to get up the mountain. In fact, multiple failed expeditions occurred from the British starting as early as 1920 and... There was, even in 1952, a strong Swiss team that included a legendary mountain climber named Raymond Lambert, who they pioneered a route up a certain way they had never found before and got really close. But ultimately, they had to push back at 28,210 feet uh, because they had never, unfortunately plan to go as far as that and they started to run out of oxygen they started to realize they didn't have enough energy to make it up and back but the guy who was guiding on that expedition with the swiss was tenzing norgay the sherpa who was you know a local guide who had been climbing the mountain since the 1930s in 1953 the british showed up with a military style expedition led by sir john hunt they brought uh 350 porters or assistants 20 Sherpas and tons of supplies to support 10 climbers. This is ridiculous. Even by modern standards today, they felt this was overkill. But if anybody ever thought like, oh, the first guy who climbed Everest, he probably just did it with grit and tenacity. It's like, no, no, he did it with the full weight of the British government going behind him. And they had every bit of help they could possibly get from the locals and tons of money to do this. Uh, However, no one had ever made it to the top. 33-year-old beekeeper Edmund Hillary, of course not Sir Edmund at that point, he had climbed mountains back in his native New Zealand, and so they thought he might be one of the guys. They basically picked a, a group of mountain climbers who were all in their physical prime, very healthy, very athletic, and they thought new mountain climbing as well as anyone. Five star recruits. Yeah, they took a whole group of five stars up and said any of these guys could do it. So Tom Berdillion My guy. and Charles Evans, they were tasked to go up the mountain and they were the planned first ones to get up there. Uh, Berdillion was the president of the Oxford Mountaineering Club and Evans was a brain surgeon. They were supposed to be the two to get all the way to the top first. However, they got to the South Summit, 28,700 feet, but realized they were exhausted, would run out of oxygen, couldn't make it to the top, so they turned back. Says Michael Westmacott, who was Berdillion's closest friend on the 1953 team, quote, it was a decision Tom always regretted because who remembers that guy's name? No one. He would have been the first to climb Mount Everest, but he wisely said, I think I'll die if I keep going. And he very well may have. So So he regretted not dying. Well, he regretted not trying because then the next guy that did was Edmund Hillary with Tenzing Norgay. They did push past. They climbed up there. you remembered him. You're talking about him today. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But anyway, they reached the highest point on Earth, 1130 a.m., May 29th, 1953. That is the first Everest expedition. Now, what's interesting about that, that was a, you know, wealthy, well-to-do person 
who went with a local Sherpa to get to the top. People nowadays say, oh, they get these local guides. Anyone can climb up there. That's how they literally did it the very first time. Like the very first guy who did it also had like a lot of money, a local guy. What did they think happened? Like you just got up on grit and determination? Was, yeah, and- like, an, like an expert guy was just like, I'm going to climb that mountain today. And did a lot of people have done that with smaller mountains, not mountains this high. Yeah, you need help and experience yes. and supplies. Tenzing Norgay, the, the guide who ultimately got there first, along with Sir Edmund Hillary, they he had been climbing the mountain since 1935. Just never got all the way to the summit. Anyway, so it takes two months to climb Mount Everest. Mm. I didn't know that. I didn't know. The guys who are there now, actually May 15th begins the start of their climbing season. There's like a two or three week window where the weather breaks just enough to get people up the mountain safely and back down. If, before- you, were to, if you were to ask me how long it took to climb Mount Everest, yeah, I would say like a day. Oh, no. I don't know. It takes two months. Two months. Well, you have to fly there. Then you have to acclimate to the altitude. Then you have to get up. It takes a week to get to the base camp. All right. Which is... I'm out. That's where you then camp and then try to go up to the summit, which is... I mean, you're at like 23,000, 25,000 feet, something like that at the base camp. Anyway, it also costs a lot. They say the average mountaineering trip to ascend Mount Everest runs between forty dollars and $100,000 Per person. Mm, must be nice. Uh, they also said part of that is you have to pay for permits to go up. You have to pay for oxygen. Like all the tanks you take cost hundreds of dollars a piece and you have to bring dozens of them to get up there. Plus all the other gear, the tents, you have to tip everybody. Uh, they did have some some pretty gnarly weather in 2019. Unfortunately, uh, 11 people died. That was when all those photos came out with the big lines of people just standing on the mountain. That was also the most people they'd ever allowed on the mountain to try to do this climb because it brings in millions of dollars for Nepal. That is one of their biggest tourism things is the Mount Everest climbers. And a lot of those thousands of dollars I mentioned go to the local people and government of Nepal. So there's this there's this rub right now of do we let people climb it even though it's dangerous with more people on the mountain or do we give up the money we're making off of this and try to keep those climbers safe? And that's been the argument. So far this year, they've only allowed about 200 people up there as opposed to 400. So they're hoping that will make it safer. Thank you, Bone. You're welcome, man. A Big Ten coach is flirting with another school. Details next. Colin Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Look out for a crash on the right shoulder. Westbound 270 as you approach Sawmill Road. It's causing slow traffic from 315. And you have slow traffic on 71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give them a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them on the web for your fast and free quote today. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust.
barely famous, incredibly stupid. Back to Man and Bone. Would you rather is coming up at 534. Send in your would you rather tweets at Man and Bone 971. Your chance to win fabulous prizes. Christian Yelich hit for the cycle for the third time in his career yesterday. He is just one of six players to do it. Um, congratulations to him, Jimmy Crack Corn. I don't care. Not at all. I mean, I think no, that's that's a pretty great accomplishment. It's, fine. Right? it's it's wonderful. But let's let's dive into the big picture of Christian Yelich. Uh, he had a couple seasons there where he won the MVP, followed it up by coming in second in the MVP voting the next year. And the Brewers said, you are our guy. We can't afford to lose you. Here's a ton of money. Since then, he's been poo. Yes. Two years of poo and started off as poo this year. Now he's playing a little bit better, but still not up to the caliber they need him to be. Yesterday, notwithstanding, because you hit for the cycle every single day. Congratulations, you're a Hall of Famer. Right, yeah. But that's not going to happen. Yesterday he had a great day, but that doesn't indicate his entire performance this season. But I'm sure the uh, the Castellini family will tell you that one of the reasons they have not been able to go all-in financially is not because they're cheap bastards, but because that Joey Votto contract has been an anchor around their necks since they signed him. And that may wind up being the deal with Christian Yelich. They still owe him $188 million. His big money just started kicking in this year. If he turns out to be bad, and that contract's a disaster, the Brewers are not well off enough to handle that. That will sink them. Right. Here's what I think is, it's a really fine line and a tough thing to do. I think this is what makes you the difference between an okay or good organization to a great organization, right? Where did, where did Chris Davis come from? Remember the Orioles slugger who was just abysmal? Where did he come from? It was, I, I assume I, his mother's womb at some you. point. I want to say he played for the Rangers prior You're to right, going he did. there. Okay. He did. So the Rangers, presumably, I don't remember if that was a trade or if there's the Orioles signed him as a free agent. I don't remember, but either way, presumably the Rangers at some point could have said, Hey, let's keep him around. And they chose for whatever reason to either not sign him or trade him. I don't remember how that deal went. The Orioles did, and they had a bunch of money on that deal. And then how did that go for him? Right? He obviously had a hip injury that caused part of that, but he he was was, also just bad. He was so terrible. We I mean we spent And he had terrible years before Yes he signed the deal, but but then, then then had a had one good year. And it was his walk year, mm-hmm. and the Orioles said, well, he just drove in 120 runs. We can't let him walk out the door. Right. I think what makes you a good organization is being able to determine if you're going to be able to sign the Christian Yelich that goes on and then has two MVP caliber seasons, or if you're going to get the Christian Yelich who has been what he has been since well, then. And I'm, I'm saying like... That's a skill that's not easy to do. There would be a lot of teams and a lot of fans that would say, you didn't sign Christian Yelich. How dare you? Those same fans, though, will not care if you don't sign him and then you keep winning baseball games and you keep being competitive in a playoff team. Let me clarify. I am not saying that it was the wrong move to sign him because I would have done it. Well, right. There was a difference between Chris Davis and Christian Yelich. Chris Davis, on his best day... Was not an MVP in this league. I'm not saying certainly it was. for back-to-back years. 
sometimes you can do it and it doesn't work out, but it was still the right move. I'm not saying the red signing Joey Votto to the long-term deal was the wrong move. No, I, I get that. But I what, would have done it too. My point is, though, like the Castellinis of the world, and I don't know if the Brewers' ownership is this way, but certainly you know, we know how Phil Castellini feels. They trump it when they make this big signing of a guy who, yes, Joey Votto earned that. He deserves to get paid, all those type of things. But then, at least with the Castellinis, they'll look at that and say, we made that deal, so now what else? What else? Aren't you happy with that? What else do you want us to do? Right. Well, yes, as a, that's as right. opposed to saying we understand that's the that's a good problem to have when you find a guy who has two years like Christian Yelich has. That's a good problem to have when you find a talent like Joey Votto and he wants to be a part of your organization. Right. Those are good problems to have. Sometimes you sign them. They stay really good for a long enough time that you can go and win things with those guys. Sometimes they're really good for a long time, and you don't build a team around them either, right? Yes. And that's that's more of what the Reds' problem was, in my opinion. I mean, trust me, I'm not letting these owners off the hook. I'm just saying that I, too, would have signed these big-time deals. I know. If I'm, I were them. But, but to, your, to your point, the best you can do is You don't to, just call it a day, then. No. After you sign the deal. But even, like, all right, I'm saying if the Brewers had said, as as insane as it would have been at the time, and as much as they would have been killed for doing it, if they just said, yeah, Christian Yelich, we think this is his peak. And we're not signing after his peak. Sorry. Go go get your money from the Dodgers or the Yankees. That's fine. We'll let you go. Yeah. If they had done that, they'd be vilified and all that. But if, they're, if they overall won games and came back and kept going to the playoffs and made it like they were a World Series type contender, I don't think anybody would care. Brewers fans long term would not care about that. They'd care in the moment. We'd all care in the moment. I'm just saying, just because you do that one move doesn't mean then now the fans just have to accept everything else. You should also be able to go out and make other moves that strengthen your roster so that even if the Christian Yelich signing doesn't work out, even if Joey Votto gets old and at the end of this deal, it's not great for the last few years, you should still be able to be a competitive baseball team that's really, really good. And that's that's my larger point here is not just say, well, we signed one guy, so... That's all we're going to do now for five or ten years till that deal runs out. No, that's not. That's just start, not the finish. A Big Ten coach is flirting with somebody else. So Jeff Brom, Purdue's head coach, had a big 2018. He was a sexy name that offseason. And a lot of other schools came after him. And so Purdue said, well, he's, he's up and coming. We got to keep a guy like this. If we can't keep Jeff Brom the likes of a Jeff Brom, we're never going to be competitive for the long term. So they pointed up the cash, gave him some more cash. He stayed. He is a Louisville guy. He played at Louisville. Um, he still lives in the area, or he did. He probably lives in West Lafayette now. Sure. And he was talking to the Louisville High School Alumni Association. He said, you know what? After being at Purdue two years when it came open, talking about the Louisville job, that was a tough call. To be quite honest, through my schooling and how I was raised, I believe in at least trying to do the right thing and having morals and values. It was just way too early to leave. It just wasn't right. All right, let's examine that. First of all, I cannot stand these coaches that use the same terminology as if they're going to war. Well, I got to do the right thing, and it wasn't right of me to leave, so I stayed. Yeah, they also paid you millions of dollars and gave you control and a huge buyout to stay. It's not like you were some martyr, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. They enticed you to stay. I don't understand that, and I also don't understand what, I mean, that, 
that almost makes it sound like, and I'd like to be back there, but they gave me all this money, so I guess I have to stick around for a few more well, years. Well, that's so. That sort of was the tone of the speech where he said, "Look, I, if, yeah, I could have had the job, and maybe I should have taken it, but I'm loyal, so I stayed." He ended his comments by saying, "Obviously, now we're on year six at Purdue. I love this town. Talking about Louisville, this area. I'm an alumnus of Louisville, so anything can happen in the future." And then there was. Some, yeah, 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 hey, 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 hey. Hey. All right. Look, I'm not saying the Purdue fans and look, he saved his season last year. Sure. Jeff Brown was going to be out on his ass, but last year they won nine games, won their bowl game, and now everybody loves him again, I guess, in West Lafayette. And I'm not saying they read these comments and say, we wish Jeff Brown was gone. But don't you think Purdue fans read these comments and say, the second, if this guy has success again, Next year, this year, whatever. He's gone. I mean, he's not here long term. No, no. Already mentally, he sounds like he wants to get out of Purdue. Yeah, it's it's not the type of comments I would think you'd want either when you're trying to recruit. I don't think it hurts him as much just because you're not. there's a lot more three stars than there are five stars. And I'm not saying it's not competitive to get those three stars when you're Purdue. I'm saying I think there's a lot of three stars who are honored to get the offer from Purdue. They don't really care as much if the coach is going to be there or not, but... Yeah, I would be using that against him if I was recruiting against Jeff Brom and saying, listen to this guy. He doesn't even sound like he wants to be here. Why would you want to go there? Lots of noise about the Big Ten doing away with divisions. We'll chat about it coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Look out for debris that's reportedly blocking the left lane northbound 71 after Morse Road, causing a little bit of a slowdown there. And you have a crash on London Groveport Road at Roar Road. Look out for slow traffic on 70 eastbound between James Road and Bryce Road. And you have more slow traffic on US 33 eastbound between 270 and Gender Road. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them on the web for your fast and free quote today. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Like a sports drink, but for that part of you that's thirsty for fart jokes. Back to Man and Bone. Would You Rather is coming up at 534. Send in your Would You Rather tweets at Man and Bone 971 your chance to win fabulous prizes. Lots of conversation about the potential for the Big Ten to do away with division. So the NCAA has come out and said there is no real criteria to have a conference championship game. It used to be you had to have a certain amount of teams, you had to have divisions, and then you could have a conference championship game. Now, if you want to... You can take your top two teams and say, hey, you're in the championship game. There you go, regardless of divisions. Right. 
The Big 12, they're not going to have divisions. The ACC has essentially said they're going to do away with divisions, although they haven't made that official yet. And some people are speculating that could happen with the Big Ten, too. Um, you know me. I, I tend to skew more on the traditional side of things. That's one of the main reasons I was attracted to sports in the first place was the history and the tradition and the pageantry and all that crap. With that being said, I want to blow this whole thing up. I don't care about divisions. I'm done. I'm done with Indiana every single year. I'm done with Maryland every single year and Rutgers. I don't care. If we only see Michigan State once every three years, I don't care. I want one team on my schedule. That's it. I want Michigan on my schedule. And if the Big Ten was smart, we've seen what the NFL has done, whether you like it or not, with this whole schedule release stuff. We've been talking about it for three weeks with little leaks here and there. They got their big show at 8 o'clock tonight. And maybe you're rolling your eyes saying it's stupid. They will pop a number tonight and people are interested in it. What the Big Ten should do is they have you know you have one permit team on your schedule. For Ohio State, that would be Michigan. And then we have a ping pong party. Oh, where yeah. You, you tune in 8 o'clock one evening and you've got Kevin Warren or whoever the commissioner is when they decide to do this standing there just pulling ping pong balls out, and that is your Big Ten schedule for the season. Yeah. Well, you know, they do this with uh, the the World Cup draw and with the Champions League and all that stuff. But they have rules about, like the World Cup specifically comes to mind because they have pots and they have different stipulations. And I'm not going to bore you with all that, but if your concern was, well, hey, what if that means we draw like Nebraska four straight years, but we never draw Michigan State? They can do things in a draw like what you're talking about to ensure that over like a two-year or three-year period, there's there's a chance for you to play pretty much everyone at least once and have a home and away with all but two schools or something like that. You know, they can set it up so that if you haven't had Michigan State in two years, then you're guaranteed you're going to get them in year three, right? They could do stuff like that sure. where they're like, yeah. We guarantee every three years you will play at least every team in the Big Ten at least once. Can't guarantee it'll be home games, but you can guarantee you'll play them at least once. That'll alleviate some of those concerns. I'm with you, though. Make it a television spectacle. Make it a thing like that. Give every team a team you want to protect. You have 14 teams in the Big Ten. You could give everybody two teams or three teams. Like, you could find a way to make that even I don't work. need three teams. I, know, I don't need I don't, that. I don't either. I'm I don't just need saying, Penn State anymore. I'm done with Penn State. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. If if it works out that Penn State gets to play us every year, fine. And you know what will happen? The years they don't play Ohio State, I bet you, Penn State's probably going to be one of those teams that ends up suddenly really good. And then you get to play them in the Big Ten Championship game. Right, If Ohio State yeah. does what they usually do, there's a chance you're going to play Penn State in the Big Ten Championship game, and we'll find out. Right, like I, I'm, I'm okay with that. The only team I want, like you said, is Michigan. So let's just have one protected rival and one only. And if your school's like, well, we have seven rivals, we have this one, then pick one. Tell me who the biggest rival is. And the answer is every school knows who their biggest rival is, right? And Michigan can say, oh, well, ours is Michigan State, not Ohio. Screw that. We know it's not. It's Ohio State. Screw that. You don't get to choose. No, I it's think like Wade big, Boggs the going in the Hall of Fame, it. and Wade Boggs said, "I'm going to go in with a Devil Rays cap." And Cooperstown said, "No, you're not. No way, you, you are, don't, man. You don't get to choose. <laughs> All right, right, Michigan, 
you know who you're playing. And I've already heard a couple people say, well, if you do it this way, that'll increase the odds that Ohio State and Michigan will play back-to-back weeks. So what? If it just so happens that Ohio State and Michigan play the final game of the season, but at the end of whoever wins that game, they're still 1-2 and two in the Big Ten standings, they're the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, Then I, they play again. I used to be more against that, and ideologically... I am still someone who would prefer that game settles something, right? I don't like the idea of having two Ohio State-Michigan games, but I realize that's almost inevitable, and I'm not going to... That would not be the hill I would choose to die on, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I want Ohio State-Michigan to... If I'm going to die on any hill about schedules of college football games, for me, as a Buckeye fan, it would be Ohio State-Michigan must be the final regular season game of the season, and it must be played at noon, and it must be a home-and-home home every year. And I would even die on the hill of, and everybody has to wear their regular uniforms <laughs> before I would care about they can't play each other again in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't care as much about Why that anymore. Why do we anymore. care so much about this, though? And I'm with you. I used to care more about it. But when I started to think about it, you know, I'm watching hockey every single night, right? I'm going home. I'm watching these these series. Yeah. And it's great when the when the same two teams are knee-deep in a series and they get to know each other's tendencies and everything gets more physical, you would have more intensity, I think, for an Ohio State-Michigan game uh, than you would have less intensity. You would. Don't get me wrong on that. My reasoning has always been this. I want to know that when I beat Michigan, it counts for the next 365 days. Or when I beat. When Ohio State beats Michigan, I want to know that game... Is well, it does. Said and done. Except at that point, it'll be a two-game series. Yeah, and then that's going to really suck when we get a split. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not do well, that. I know that. I'm just saying there would be, for sure, something that would be frustrating. You know what could... I mean, think of this. The upside of that is you could have a situation where Ohio State plays Michigan. Let's say Michigan's the road team and Ohio State wins... Like the the spot was good game. It's very close game, right? Mm-hmm. You could have the neutral site game. Maybe Michigan just just barely beats Ohio State on like a last second field goal, but it's a neutral site. And then you'd have the selection committee looking at like two one loss teams who played each other twice and say, maybe we should put them both in. Maybe and let's find. And then maybe you get a chance to play Michigan a third time. Maybe and that could be for all the marbles. Well, you can also do what I suggested. I mean, if you're really concerned about this. You can move the game to week one of the season. No, I, I so know. Ohio State and Michigan is the opener every single year as opposed to the that. finale. I don't want that. All right. Then that's just me. I'm not saying that's the majority opinion. I'm saying I the things I care more about as opposed to it being back to back weekends, I care more about the, you know, last regular season game of the year is that game. It's home and home every year, and it's at noon. That's like I that's about the only stability I've had in my life since I was a little kid. I would like to receive, I would like to keep that if I could. Everything else, fine. You can even wear the cannonball helmets again no, if you want to. You're not allowed to do any of that. I crap. hate that, but you can do that if you want to. Just make sure the game's at noon. It's the last weekend in November and that they're just going to play that game every year. The future of ESPN could look very different. Details next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Look out for a crash on London Groveport Road at Roar Road. And you have a, you also have a crash on a Central Avenue at Hawk Road. 
So look out for those areas. Slow traffic as well on 161 eastbound between Little Turtle Way and Hamilton Road. This report is sponsored by Audible. This spring, let Audible bring a smile with comedy, sci-fi thrillers, or whatever you love listening to, from audiobooks to exclusive originals to podcasts. Find it all on Audible. Sign up and start free at audible.com. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. Would You Rather is coming up at 534. Send in your Would You Rather tweets at Man and Bone 971. Your chance to win fabulous prizes tonight on The Fan. We got two hours of the Buckeye Show starting at 6. Timmy Hall is dressed like he's playing golf, even though he's not playing golf. But he's got two hours of the show tonight. Then at 8 o'clock tonight, we have bought into the hype. It is the NFL schedule release show. Yeah. At 8 o'clock Right here on the fan. Mm-mm-mm. Hosted by Panama Ted. You ready, Ted? It's your hosting debut. Well, I, I didn't know that, so I better get ready. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You're a non-perverted hosting debut. No, no, no he's going to make it a perverted oh, schedule. You are? Okay, then never yeah. mind. I, I, I've hosted before, though. So. Yeah, you've hosted Pervert Ted like, for many, many years. Well, other shows, yeah. Which other shows? Back in the day, I hosted a high school scoreboard show. Oh, when was that? It was like in the 90s. I, I was going to say, I don't remember that. Are you volunteering <laughs> to do more? You want to do more hosting? Will be on the air? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I let the young people do that. <laughs> let the young people do it. That's Thank you, nice. Teddy. Good job. Uh, so Disney announced their earnings the other day. Mm-hmm. Their CEO, his name is Bob Chapik? Chapik? Whatever. I don't know. Doesn't matter. So anyway. So Bob Chapstick. Yeah. My guy. In the fiscal quarter ending April 2nd, ESPN Plus subscribers rose by 1 million quarter over quarter to 22.3 million. Disney Plus grew to 137.7 million subscribers, beating forecasts of 135 million. Disney's overall revenue grew 23% year over year to 19.25 billion, must be nice. Missing estimates, though, of 20.11 billion. Why am I telling you all this? I don't know. Because he eventually got to an interesting little tidbit. At least I think it's interesting. On the conference call with investors, the CEO, Bob, whatever his name is, yeah, uh, discussed making ESPN exclusively a streaming property, noting that Disney would only do so when it's going to be good for our shareholders. He added that cutting off ESPN on linear channels would have ramifications on our immediate cash flow. No kidding. He said, when we do will be able to fully go into an ESPN DTC model. It'll be the ultimate fan offering that will appeal to super fans of sports. <laughs> and that is where I think guy who understands a lot of things in the business that I don't 
does not understand that aspect of his business. Because let me tell you right now, ESPN is first and foremost, yes, a sports property. But if you think the reason ESPN is so successful is because of diehard sports fans, he's wrong. You are dead wrong. He's either wrong or he's stupid or getting the wrong advice. Because, well, we know this. Number one thing, one of the number one things that has made ESPN successful is the amount of money they charge to cable providers to be on cable systems. Cable provider wants to carry ESPN. Now, this number, I think, has been reduced recently, but it used to be one of the highest numbers out there for any of these platforms, right? Any channel that wanted to be on, I'm not saying these are actual numbers. I have no idea what the numbers are now. But if, like, the History Channel and Animal Planet and those channels were charging like a buck to be on each cable system. So they get a buck per, per, per subscriber from every cable system in the country. Channels like USA or TNT might get 250 ESPN was getting like 5 6 $7 per channel from those cable systems. They were getting ridiculous amounts of money. And then, of course, they advertise. If you take that away, you're going to lose, number one, all that revenue. Although I know they've been hit hard by the cable the, the cable cutters, the things like that that have already been going on. The other problem, though, they run into is your ratings on ESPN happen because you have people who are flipping around still and they see, oh, there's a game on, let's go there. And I'm not even just talking about traditional cable. I'm saying you have YouTube you know, TV, you have Hulu Live, you have other ways of watching this on streaming that still involve looking for a game in that system and finding, oh, this is still on, let me check that out. Once you go fully to streaming, you're going to lose a good chunk of the flip in just to see what's on crowd. You're going to lose a good chunk of the people who are flipping around and go, oh, that NBA game's still going. Oh, that hockey game's still going. Let me, oh, there's an NFL game? I forgot. Oh, yeah, it's Monday night. Like, you're going to lose that crowd. And that is going to significantly impact the amount of money that you're going to make. So I don't know why he thinks the hardcore sports fans well, you're right. are going to support that. To your point, ESPN became what it was because it crossed over. Yep. Because it wasn't just the hardest core sports fans watching ESPN. It was the most casual fan. It, it was, hey, yes. let me flip on SportsCenter. And I know that the model has changed now. But to your point, is that... and, and Maybe you're answering this out loud saying, yes, I would do it. But I I guarantee you the majority of people would not. Would a show like First Take move the meter at all if it weren't on linear television? I don't. I Can you could you see people seeking out no, First Take? I can't. No, I can't. Look, there's a lot of there's some experimental stuff going on now with. Sports radio e type of shows that are just moving strictly over to YouTube. All right. They're moving right. off of the radio altogether. It's not necessarily a podcast. They're trying to make a television product and it's strictly on YouTube. And you know what? It's not doing well. No, it's, it's well, not having success. I'll, I'll say this for that, that Skip Bayless thing that you brought up with first take or, or whatever. I forget what his Stephen show is. A's, Stephen A's, Stephen A's, A's first take. Skip Bayless is on FS1 with their stuff. But you know why those shows do well? It's because somebody flips on the game, the game, the big draw, the night before they're watching the baseball game or the football game or the basketball game, and then they turn their TV off, go to bed, get up the next morning, turn their TV on, What's and on? it's still on, 
And now there's a guy going, I think LeBron James sucks. And you're like, well, it's 730 in the morning, but why is he saying that? And then suddenly you've got that on while you're getting ready or whatever. That's what they're hoping for. That goes completely away if you just say it's on an app now, download it and watch. Yeah, I'll flip over there to watch my team play or I'll flip over to watch the interesting game. You will lose me on the like, oh, Sports Center was on all morning today because I just flipped it on. It was still on there and I got up and was doing stuff. You will lose everyone who does that, let alone all the other people who flip on when they get home from work and it's something else interesting they weren't planning on watching, but now it's there and they're watching it. That's what ESPN would lose if they go that route. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. On 70 westbound after 270, this is on the west side. You have a crash there, so use caution heading through there. And then you have a crash on Central Avenue at Hawk Road. This this report is sponsored by Nature Valley Crunchy Bars. Everyone knows that Nature Valley Crunchy Bars are, well, crunchy. What they don't know is that they're also packed with 16 grams of whole grains ready to help you get out there. Nature Valley, for every adventure. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean-out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Thursday, would You Rather is coming up at 534. Hey, if you haven't done so already, please go download the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your audio, Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Just search for us. We're there. Click subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge, including some of the freebies that you don't hear on the radio. Oh, yes. Like perverted. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, we really should do. We, we did a couple bonus episodes, some uncensored stuff. We should do like a little perverted, uncensored podcast where Teddy answers your sex questions. We should do it. <laughs> Ted is like, oh man, I didn't sign up for all this. I'm just trying to produce a show. Would you be up for that, Teddy? Uncensored podcast, you answer sex questions. And we can be there too and just, you know, Enough. sort of bounce things off we'll of each other. The price is right, yeah. Okay. Oh, price is right. How about the salary you make for the radio station? How about that? <laughs> I, I do enjoy that salary. Yeah, but I, 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 wow. It looked like, boy, that took a turn, didn't it, Teddy? He's like, hey, you want to get fired? You're going to do this. By the way, this just switching gears completely. I'll be held up for morals. I'm not going to be held up for money. <laughs> That's right. By the way, uh, there are you aware of the trial of the century that is going on in England right now? Between no. two former, well, two famous uh, wives of famous soccer players. No, I have no idea. Okay. So I just want to give you that, like, this is going on. This is what's going on in Jolly Old over there. The queen is locked in on this, I'm quite sure. Um, So Jamie Vardy, who plays soccer in England and is very, very good. His wife, Rebecca, uh, she and Wayne Rooney's wife, Colleen Rooney. Oh, Wayne 
he's drunk. They they used to be Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney used to be best of friends, but now not. No, not so much because Colleen Rooney had a private Instagram that she only let select people on like her real, real friends. She would let on this thing. This is from years ago. Okay. She claimed a couple years ago that she did a sting operation because stuff that she would put on her private Instagram would suddenly leak to the press and she didn't like it. And so what she started doing was she had some ideas of who she thought it was. She claims she blocked everyone from seeing her private Instagram and didn't tell them, but there was only one person she left that did not get blocked. And that was Rebecca Vardy. Oh, no. She then put out some stuff that she knew was not true on her Instagram or some things that she only knew people on her Instagram would have seen and then waited to see if it went to the press. And it did. Oh, no. So then she like put out. You have to go look up the Twitter thread because she went and was she lays all this out and she's like, and I found out who it was. And it was dot dot dot. Rebecca Vardy. Oh, yes. And so that happened, and it became, oh, my God, Rebecca Vardy. What a terrible person she is. Oh, my. So now they're in court because Rebecca Vardy says, I didn't leak your crap to the media. If it was leaked by someone that had access to my account, it was not me. But I think you got hacked, and I think you're a hack. And so now they are just fighting. So now there's a libel lawsuit from Rebecca Vardy saying, you besmirched my good name. So I just want to point out, if you really, if you have gotten enough of the Kardashian fuel drama, mm-hmm. the rich people drama in this country, you are fully welcome to jump into some other country's rich people drama and enjoy that trash for like, I don't know, as long as you want to. But also in this, in this little scandal. Yes. Did Amber Heard poop in their bed? <laughs> I did. Don't know about that. No? I've not. I've not heard about anybody pooping in anybody's bed. Okay, but there, there is like what the the response that gets me though is that basically uh, Rebecca Vardy, who was accused of leaking all this stuff to the media about the Roonies, she says her defense is, well, your password was probably too easy because you're stupid, and so that's why you got hacked, and that's why this info got out there. It wasn't from me. So I just. I enjoy watching rich people just blow, like just ruin each other's money by going to court over over ridiculous things like this. And I'm not sure because I haven't watched the coverage. Do they still wear the powdered wigs in their high courts over there? Yeah. So if you want to tune into like all that absurdity and then the person presiding over it is like, I don't know, Judge Whipplebottom or whatever, who's sitting up there like, oh, yeah, hey, I did, hey, Lord Pickles is here. <laughs> Hello, Lord Pickles. <laughs> Why is everything over there named that way? It's like, what street do I need to go down? And they're like, oh, you'll be going down old Kumquat Lane, sir. It's just like, what? You named a street Kumquat? Take a left on Dingleberry Avenue. (laughs) Yes, your highness, Sir Lord Goofy Bottom will be arriving shortly. I just wanted you to know. Like, why? Why does the most regal sounding language have the most absurd names in it? I will never understand that. Rundown. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. NFL schedule release is tonight at 8. Lots of uh, leaks today. Lots of schedules are out there. However, oh, probably Rebecca Vardy doing some hey, doing Rebecca some Vardy. Linked it to the media. The Bengals are opening up the season on <laughs> Thursday Night Football. 
<laughs> oh, is that what Rebecca Vardy sounds like? She probably does. Um, but there have have been a couple people just posting random schedules out there mm. saying that they had information, and that's not true. Because oh, then they admitted it. Oh, so, like, hey, great. I just made all this up. And oh, they have, that's great. This one guy had like 10,000 followers. Everybody said, oh, look at all this. And it turned out he just made it all up. That's great. You know what? Serves us all right if you if we fell for that, if anyone fell for that, because we've become too obsessed with everything. We why do we do this with the NFL? We have to know everything before it's released. Right. Why do we have to know ahead of time? It, it feeds into everything the NFL does in their offseason, right? The NFL says you we could just put the 40 times up at the end of the combine so you know who ran the fastest, or you can watch seven hours of coverage prior to the guy running his 40 to find out if he ran the fastest or not. You could know the next day who got drafted, where they went. We could have all that done in a day. Instead, they stretch it out over three days, and we all sit there and watch every single pick, or a lot of us watch a lot of the picks. The schedule thing. Now they're trying to do that, where it's like, I'm going to release something every single day, so you'll have the most update. Or tomorrow you could get up and just go to clevelandbrowns.com, cincinnatibengals.com, and see your team's schedule, see every your other issue team's schedule. Isn't so much with the NFL, though, as it is with human behavior. You're right. The NFL it's, is just catering to what these people want. Yeah, you could say that or exploiting it, whichever way you want to look at it. I'm just saying we can make the choice to ignore it, but we don't. And instead, we bite on some guy who was like, you know what would be funny? If I just made up a bunch of fake NFL games. <laughs> and we bit on it. Lots of people bit, and they ended up now being like, oh, man, I can't believe that guy did that. Well, believe it, because that's how ridiculous this all is. NFL schedule release show, 8 o'clock tonight, right here on The Fan. Uh, Kyle Young, former Buckeye Hoops player, says he is hanging it up. He, of course, is uh, done playing here, but there was some thought that maybe he'd go overseas and play. I'm glad that he's not. He's had... Too many head injuries. It may be uncomfortable watching him. Even though I knew he could help my team, I was uncomfortable with him being out there. And I'm glad that he has the foresight to say, it's not in the cards for me to play basketball anymore. Yeah, that's that's the right call, even though it's tough. And I was saying earlier, if I were in his shoes when I was his age, I, I would have been tempted to make the other call and say, yeah, but you only live once. You got to go out there and try. I want to. I want to see if I can play professionally. This has been my dream my my whole life to go do this, and now I've got the opportunity. I'm going to go give it a shot. Good for him for realizing that. Yeah, you may go get that shot and you may achieve that dream, but then at what cost? You know, it might be at the cost that when you're 50, you can't remember your family members or things you want to remember. You know, I mean, we don't know what life's going to throw at us anyway. But good for him for having the long view and saying. This was enough. I gave it my all. Now I'm going to go do other things. Greg Norman, who is in charge of the Live Golf Tournament. Is that that's not right? What are they calling tour? themselves? Tour? Is it a tour? Live Golf Super League. Oh, Super League. Sorry. Of course, it's uh, financially backed by the Saudis. He, though, is the CEO. He was in London holding a press conference yesterday because that's where their first event is going to be next month. And he was asked, as he should have been prepared to be asked, about the American journalist that was of Saudi descent who was killed when he was being interrogated at a Saudi embassy. Yeah, Jamal Khashoggi, who, remember, went there to get a marriage license and was required to do so. Had been very critical. Yeah. And he went in and never came out. Right. 
And he was asked about this yesterday. Greg Norman was. And he said, everybody's owned up to it, right? It's been spoken about from what I've read, going on what you guys reported. Take ownership no matter what it is. Look, we've all made mistakes. You just want to learn from those mistakes and how you can correct them going forward. Yes, Greg Norman. Everybody kills, everybody murders. We laughed when Terrell Pryor said that back in the day. The difference is Terrell Pryor was 20 years old and was kind of an idiot. Greg Norman is a 60-year-old multimillionaire who is the CEO of a billion-dollar company. And that's the answer. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, I'm going to guess that Greg Norman, if he was like hiring someone to work, I'm sure he has nice houses, house or houses, wherever he lives. He's made a lot of cash. I think he's okay. Okay. I'm sure he's hired some people to work, you know, like around the house, do some maintenance work, maybe keep up the, the, the lawn and garden stuff, if nothing else. If he found out that like one of the guys he hired was possibly a murderer, I'm going to guess he probably says, I don't want that guy to be around my house. That's kind of scary for me. I don't like that. And would probably not let that guy be a part of whatever he's doing. But he is going to work for a guy who is accused of not just, I mean, murder is awful no matter what, right? It not it even a, a further level of awful when it looks like it may have been motivated by someone being critical of the person you're now working with and taking money from, and then that person decided, I don't like this guy because he was critical of me. Time to die. <laughs> Time that, to die. Right. That seems like maybe that's an even elevated form of evil that you're now like basically eschewing well, away. And saying, this is ah, the tip know, of the iceberg with human rights violations and everything like that. I really do think this live super league is going to be a complete and total disaster if it's not already. And forget 30 for 30. This could be like a six part Netflix series. By the way, Greg Norman, according to the interwebs, what do you think his net worth is? And I said he was 60. Shame on me. He's 67. Uh, you're, you're much more mature when you're 67. I'll say $200 million. $400 million Ooh. for Greg Norman. Let him live. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Scientists have discovered the first piece of becoming immortal. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm excited to hear it. Bringing things back from the dead, essentially. Oh. It's on the table now. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. On the west side, you have a crash on 70 westbound just after 270, and you have a crash on London Groveport Road at Roar Road to look out for, and some slow traffic on 70 eastbound between US 33 and Bryce Road. This report is sponsored by InvisibleFence.com. Whether you want your pet to have the independence to run and play outside, or you need to correct some mischievous behaviors like digging in the trash, the hands-on trainers from Invisible Fence brand train your pets for you. Visit InvisibleFence.com to learn more Invisible Invisible Fence brand surround your pets with care. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot 
and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Would you rather, coming up at 534, send in your would you rather tweets at Man and Bone 971. Bone, do you have any desire to become immortal and live forever? Mm. You know, I'd like to live longer. I don't know if I want to live to immortality. I'll go right. with, I'll go with, uh, I'm, my interest is peaked. Okay. What about you? Do you want to live to be immortal? I want to die today. Right. That's what I thought. <laughs> what the are we talking about? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, this is from Science Alert. I'm sure it's on live slash live science as well. Just didn't see it there. Hmm. Scientists have momentarily restored a faint twinkle of life to dying cells in the human eye. So here's what they did. You got dead people, right? Yeah. Five, six hours dead. I've been told, I haven't seen it, that even if someone dies, there's still some twitching yeah. Some movement there's, yeah, that can happen. There's still are um, like signals from your brain to the nerves that control your muscles. This is involuntary. Electric impulses, that type right. of thing. These right. are electrical spasms Yeah, is what it is. But what they've done here is they've screwed around with the eye tissue to the point where this is not just involuntary spasm. They can make your retinas dilate. Mm. They can... See your pupils change as they shine a light in your eyes. Even though this person has been dead for hours, they have brought the eyes back to life. Okay. And they say, well, if we could do this with the eyes, why can't we do this with everything? Now, they don't know how to do it with everything, but now they know that it's possible. So what are they, uh, just help me understand. So they have a computer program that is like modulating some kind of impulses that are keeping the eye moving like a brain would but the brain the there's no brain attached to this it's a it's an artificial brain more or less doing this is that what they're saying no there's not an artificial brain but i guess they've manipulated the tissues enough to where if you you know how your your retinas dilate yeah yeah, depending on how much light is shined in there well that was previously impossible Hmm. but now they've made it possible yeah, so I'm I'm saying they must be doing that with some kind of controlling input. So I mean, it it sounds like it's a little further advanced than like a pacemaker, right? Where a pacemaker can help m- regulate your heart for someone who has had heart problems. It sounds like they're taking that to another step or to to a more complex organ or uh yeah organ part of your body. That's interesting. Now they did a similar kind of thing back in 2018 with pig brains. Oh, and maybe we talked about it at the time, but I have forgotten. Scientists at Yale in 2018 made headlines when they kept pig brains alive for as long as 36 hours after death. Four hours postmortem, they were even able to receive a small response, though nothing organized or global that could be measured on an EEG. But they're saying these hearts i guess by their standards were still alive wow or brains i mean wow interesting so they've been working on this 
They're working on making us just zombies that can live forever. Well, if you that might, makes you happy. Because I, my initial thought is like, all right, so all these people in a giant lab, it takes them forever to figure out how to do this, and they get the eyeball to do a, a you know, dilation or something like that. But the reality is that's how all this stuff starts. You know what I mean? Like any advancement in science, they start with giant amounts of research, resources, people, equipment. And they make the initial step, and then they figure out how to streamline, compact, condense, make it cheaper, make it better. And then down the road, you get to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, your eyes don't work anymore. Well, now we just have a little, you know, chip or something that you get, and it helps fix your eyes. Or we have a little contraption that we get surgically back in there, and it'll send the impulses instead of this, you know, giant bank of computers doing it. That's it's fascinating that they've gotten to that point, Mike. Well, you remember uh, just not too long ago, they had the the pig heart that they put inside the, the donor, a human oh, donor. that's right, yeah. And they touted it as a success. This person has since died a couple months after the transplant. Wow. They're saying, though... Why do they hate science? The, I blame, why does I, the person I hate the, science? I blame them. Yeah, you should have They're saying alive. that the transplant was successful. Oh. However, I guess they didn't realize at the time they put the pig heart in that the pig heart had a pig virus. Oh gosh! And this person wound up dying of a pig virus. Oh no! So they so the pig heart experiment worked. We just didn't scan it properly. Well, for pig I don't. Virus. I don't know. I That's mean, you're, you're, you're making it sound simple. It's probably much more difficult than that. <laughs> you, think, you think? Yeah. You think oh, this? Fred, idiot? Fred, you were supposed to check to see if there was a pig virus in this pig heart. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I went to Chipotle instead. Are you saying the idiot on the radio may not fully understand the deep complexities of pig heart transplants? I, inter- I interspecies transplant. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a poor job of talking about how they're keeping retinas alive, and right, there are actual smart people listening to us right now who are screaming, just saying, "Hey guys, stick to fart noises," because what you're doing right now, not good. We can do that. Um, what if they could regulate that farts? Well, I'm saying, what if you had like a little remote that was, you know, there's something implanted inside of you, a medical device, if you will, that whenever you feel the urge to pass gas, something you have like a little garage door size clicker mm-hmm. that you could just hit the button and it's like, oh, nope, we're not letting anything out right now. And, and we're going to find other ways to relieve the pain inside, but... Then when you get home, it's like, then you can hit the release, or you get in the car or whatever, and you hit the release and just go to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say, in private, oh yeah, I rather enjoy passing gas. Of course, but maybe you're in a meeting and you know, like, this is a three-hour meeting right. and I am gassy today. You just yeah. hit your little button, and anytime you feel the urge, you just hit the button again, make sure the garage door's shut. You just don't want to hit the wrong button. Like, sometimes you hit the unlock button when you mean to hit the lock button on the car. That's a problem. That would be bad in that meeting. Speaking of gas... Rumblings that Lakers owner Jeannie Buss is listening to Magic and Phil Jackson. One source says Phil wants the Lakers to trade LeBron. Of course, Jeannie was engaged to Phil. Are they still engaged? No, that's a weird thing, right? So uh, Jeannie and Phil broke off the engagement, but they remain close, according to sources. Okay. I, I'm, I know there are people listening, probably, who have had something similar where you had a really intense relationship and then it broke off, but you remain friends. I find that weird. Don't you? Why? I mean, they were friends. They just realized that romantically, maybe they didn't work, but the friendship is still there. Yeah, that's fair. But 
wouldn't it be weird to go back from that if you've already crossed quite a few? I would assume, like, I don't know. I'm saying what levels have you pulled back from that relationship? Maybe they're not engaged, but maybe they're still frequently hanging or out. still bumping uglies? I'm saying maybe that's still in play, but maybe they're just like, yeah, we're never getting married, but anytime you want to go smoke some peyote or whatever <laughs> Phil likes to do, you know, I'm just saying, I'm trying to be delicate. He's, he's ready to go. She's ready to go. Maybe uh-huh. that's still how they get down. I don't know. Anyway, would you trade LeBron? Yeah, why not? All right. Well, you know what? At this point, if they're going to say, yeah, what has LeBron already said? The next team I go play for is I want it to be the team that drafts Bronny. Right. So, you know you've got a limited amount of time anyway. When is he eligible? He will, I think he's a 2024 class, or is it next year? It might be. It's either next year or the year after is what I'm going to say. I think he's a, I think he's going to his junior year is what I'm going to say. Okay. So I think he's got... So three years. Oh, yeah. You know what? It may be a senior and he's getting ready to go to college. I don't know. Whatever. The point is, it's a couple years away. It's not It's not next year. 2023 class. Okay. So, yeah. So LeBron, you'd have to draft him in 2024. Right. And so then, two years. Yeah. So that we're talking the 24-25 season. That's a long way away still. So, yeah. That's two you, years. No, but I'm saying for LeBron, it's not like he's young. That's two more full NBA seasons, and then he goes and does this. So what was your answer? Yes, you would trade him? I'd trade him away. Okay. Go ahead. Would you rather, coming up next, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Look out for a crash on 70 westbound after 270 on the west side. You have a crash on Gender Road at US 33. Slow traffic on 70 eastbound between US 33 and Bryce Road. And slow traffic on US 33 eastbound between 270 and Gender Road. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them on the web for your fast and free quote today. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Pondering life's stupid questions. What if uh, C-A-T really spelled dog? It's time for Would You Rather. The best Would You Rather, according to us, gets a $50 gift card to Pecan Pennies. Pecan Pennies and the Walrus are thanking firefighters, nurses, teachers, or anyone with a badge. Show your badge, any badge, to receive an employee discount. Bone, are you ready? I am ready. Toxic B asks... Would you rather be forced to dance every time you hear music or have absolutely everything you do live streamed, and I mean everything? Oh, I'd rather I'll dance dance whenever I hear yeah, music. Fine. Yeah, I'm not any good, so that'd be on you to watch it because I'm I'm bad. Uh, River says, "My guys, dude, I crushed in the cleans and I crushed in the snatch." Common man, would you rather go on a month-long camping trip with Bone mm. and can only bring store brand macaroni, one sleeping bag, and a tent? Or have to adopt five dogs of your choice from the shelter and keep them for a year. Ooh. Well, assuming I can't get out of this by just 
taking some dead dogs home and no, putting them no, in the backyard. No, no, I'm going to go camping with you for a month. I thought you would be. That would be your answer. It's a year long commitment with the dogs. Five of them. If you said one Five. dog, yeah, I would maybe. take it. Yeah, camping would be fun. We'd we'd figure it out. We'd have a good time. Uh, Colton, two names. Would you rather have Eric Reeser's bidet as your only source of drinking water or sit in T-Bone's hot car for 30 minutes before you leave work every day? You also have to eat a spicy fast food item of your choosing before exiting the car. I'll sit in your car. I don't care. First of all, and eating the spicy fast food item of my choosing, that's delicious. Where's the punishment? Oh, yeah, right. The idea, though, so it was not having the bidet or using the bidet. It was you had to drink, had to drink from, from the, it. Ugh. Yeah, no. Uh, Clint says, my guys. I want to kiss you. Would you rather have chicken be the only meat you're allowed to eat ever again, mm. or you can have meat but no type of bread? However, he says pizza crust is allowed. Oh. Well, that's a big deal right there. I mean, well, that's that's why he's giving you the giant carve-out, because he knows how much you love bread. It's the only... I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he means it has to be already made. You cannot, like be making pizza crust and then oops i formed it into a ball of dough let it rise stuck it in a bread pan and now slicing it like bread he's obviously saying no i understand pizza is your only source of yes right he's saying what would you do um i mean you know i love bread but pizza if you said no pizza crust it would be very easy yes the pizza crust part and then you still get all the meats all the meats you can still have yeah i guess i'll take that all right I'll take the meat, but no other bread other than pizza crust. Right. Uh, QP, would you rather have to open your windows every time a meteorologist tells you or listen to Joe West singing for a week nonstop? I'll take him for a week. You don't want... Yeah, you can't open your windows because you don't even have screens in your windows. Well, I'd have to buy screens, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And back in... I I mean, I could open the window. Back in the day, they didn't have screens. They still opened the window. Well, yeah, I know that. They just let all the bugs in. Yeah, you would not want that, though. Uh, Quentin says, my guys. I can't stand Ohio State. Would you rather have the fry box always be half empty? No bag fries either. Or your ice cream always be half melted? My wife would love that. She puts her ice cream in the microwave like a nutcase. (laughs) I'd rather have half fries. I mean, I like fries. I just ordered two things of fries. Well, no, I know what you're saying, though. But bag fries are great. That's a great term, too. Because I do love it when I've like finished off the thing of fries, the box, and then I just reach in the bag and I'm What's like, in the bag? oh, hey, more fries are in here. And then you just find out you had more than you thought. Abigail says, my gentleman, such mm. you, since you addressed us in such a classy manner, I will play you a classy soundbite. Yeah, they, they definitely are monitoring his load. Would you rather always have to poop while sitting on wet toilet paper okay. lining the seat? Okay. Left from your bathroom predecessor. Oh, oh, oh no. Or never be able to use toilet paper again. Bidets are only available sometimes. Oh no. Oh no. This is horrible. Wet toilet paper from the person I but who you, was there first. But you have like a major issue at work in the bathroom where you don't have to sit on wet toilet paper but then you get up and you're like time to wipe and you're like oh that's right I don't have a bidet here gotta gotta just live with this I'll still ah. take the bidet I'll take my chances okay I think I'm going uh, wet toilet paper 
Ah, no, I'm going bidet too. That God, that's that's rough though. Dana says, "My guys, you're going to see Graham, Cox. I mean, they're all just going to be like, hey, I got him. No, I got him. I want that sack." Common man, would you rather go camping with T Bone for a weekend or let him control the studio room temperature for a month? Oh, weekend. But a month, I mean, it's, no. it's not going to be that hot in here. Yes, you warmer. will make it hot. You will torture me on purpose. No, I wouldn't. You tor- will make it uncomfortably hot just to prove a point. But a weekend, we could be outside and it's 87 degrees, humid and bugs. I know it's over after two days. Okay. I can't do a month. Uh, Mark says, my guys. That wasn't a doink. That was a dong. <sighs> would you rather be in the universe of your favorite movie or would you rather be in the universe of your favorite TV show? For example, man hanging out in Shawshank as a prison guard or T-Bone living in Imperial lands watching people fight hmm. over Grog- Grogu. 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 <laughs> Star Wars. I don't know who Grogu is. He's uh, Baby Yoda. All right. Just say Baby Yoda then. Well, that's not his name. His name is Grogu. Um, I, I think... So the favorite TV show... My favorite TV show of all time is probably Arrested Development. So that's not like any alternate reality. I just would live in Los Angeles. Well, it is an alternate reality well, because I know. those people could never exist in real life. I know, but I'm saying I would just live in like Santa Monica or something. Like you just be around LA be around, while there's oh, it's great in LA. No, but you know what I'm saying? As opposed to I go to, I could end up anywhere in the Star Wars universe. I think no, I, I think enough. I take the well, TV show. He's thing. giving you an, as, as an example. You can pick any movie you no, want. No, but Star Wars that's that's the that's my favorite movie. So, okay. what about you? I declined to answer. What do you mean you declined well, to we, answer? Let's move on. No, what's you your fa- answered? I, I I second whatever you said. <laughs> All right, you're living in L.A. with me. Good times. I've done that. We're I going. Love. We're going camping. I'll, this I'll hang weekend. out with Baby Yoda. We're going to go camping up in the mountains. Yeah, For, forest fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go see what's up. Steve Mason's pads. Says my guys. Would you rather have to read all books anyone suggests to you, or would you rather have to watch all TV shows slash movies that are suggested to you? I would read the books because I hang out with a lot of stupid people that don't tell me to read books. Well, yeah, and there's no. I mean, I, I, if we don't read them that fast, it's going to take a while. So it's like, if I get to reading a book, I guess that's what I got to read. But TV movie show, it's like every time you turn the TV on, you got to go try to finish one of those. No thanks. Uh, Deanna says, my guys. Yeah, boy. Would you rather own any piece of sports memorabilia you want or taste woolly mammoth meat only once? As much as I would love to have the woolly mammoth meat, I'll take the sports memorabilia because that's worth a whole lot of money. And I would then sell it. Yeah. Like, I would own it. I mean, she didn't tell us that we couldn't sell it, right? No, I would own it for a few days and then be like, that was cool to own that. Now it's time to sell Swing pin says, my guys, twitters and twatters. Would you rather have a weekly butt crack laser appointment with a very judgmental technician for the rest of your life? Oh, God. Or have to complete the 100 mile death race one? Oh, I'll do the death race. Let's go. 100 miles? You wouldn't be able to complete it. You have no. to keep trying. You, yeah, but you, you like, all once in your lifetime is all it said. No, I'll go in for the butt They give you, like, they, they say most people end up walking it so i would just be walking a lot that's i'll I'll go do that okay um william says my guys some early onions wild onions (laughs) just drove through amish country would you rather have to grow your own food crops and animals oh boy 
or your own clothes, furniture, and bedding for the next five years. We, I assume you're making that. You're not. Well, I know what it. he means. You have to. You have to source it yourself. It has to be made from your hands. You said clothing, uh, furniture, and what else? What was the other thing? Huh? Was it clothing, furniture, and what bedding. else? Oh, you know what? Let's give that a whirl. Because I, I would just be like, hey, I cut a log in half. That's a chair now. We're just going to sit on that stump. That'd be, I, you know, and then clothes I'd have to figure out. But All right, we, we're out of time. What about you? I don't you, care. You're we're not out of time. Food. We're out of time. I just want to point out we had some other good ones I didn't get a chance to read. Thank you, Andrew, for the getting abducted by aliens and practicing sex acts in another oh, galaxy. All right. Galaxy, I appreciate that. I'm sad we missed the that. The thought one. you put into that one. Pick a winner. Uh, I'm going with, I forgot who was early. There was someone I liked early. You pick a winner. I don't have the list okay, in front of me. Okay, good stuff, Bone. <laughs> who was like the second or third one that made us think a little bit? Right at the top, there was somebody, give me like, uh, was like camping or something. River? What was River? Would you rather go on a month-long camping yes, trip with Bone and you can only bring... Okay. That was the one. Who's that? River. Oh, River. Oh, it is River. Okay. I didn't know River was the name. River's name. Good luck, River. Good job. Are we? It's Thursday. Is, is Cooch there, playing someplace? He is playing. That's why I How's asked. he doing? At the AT&T Byron Nelson. He shot a 67 today. Five That's pretty under. Good. Pretty he's, good. He's tied for ninth. Thursday right. Cooch. All right. Good for Cooch. Matt Kuchar wins a $50 gift card to Pecan Pennies. <laughs> no, River does. Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Look out for a crash on East Broad Street at 270 and a crash on Gender Road at US 33. Elsewhere, you have slow traffic on 70 eastbound between US 33 and Bryce Road. This report is sponsored by New Jersey Division of Travel and Tourism. Boost your mood in New Jersey. Discover new wonders. Stroll beaches and boardwalks. Savor sea breezes, too. Rise to adventure or drift into the ocean blue. Find it all at visitnj.org. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys, Bone Man. Happy Thursday. You are in full golf mode mm. today. You are dressed like you're playing golf. Mm. But you are not playing golf. No, I told you yesterday. We're thinking about it. We're playing up here. I even was trying to set something up with Triple H. He's getting into golf. We, oh, is we get play into with him, or is he he's already been, in? He's been into it, but he's barely scratching the surface on what type I of see. player he could well, be. He's a young you know? guy. He's a younger guy. Yeah, and he played with them two or three years ago for the first time, and we played Darby Creek, which is a beautiful course. It's out near your neck of the woods, yep, Bone. Yep. It's one of the best public courses in the, in the track. In, it, one of the best public tracks in central Ohio. And Beamer okay. and I played a couple times a year, and it's always phenomenal. I always beat him out there, too. 
So it's good. Look at you. Must be nice. And Hayden, when we played with him, he was all just upper body. It was just young man strength. He was hitting the ball 300 yards without even any kind of leg or hips in the golf swing. Mm. No transfer of power. No transfer of movement. Just upper body turn, and bam, he'd hit the ball 300 yards. So if he works at it, if he dedicates himself... Triple H could be a nice player. It sounds like you're ready to tutor him. Are you, you almost trying? have like a little Are bit of this kid's going places? He, he could. Are you he trying could. to like angle to get him on the corn ferry tour or something? Is that what you're trying to do here? Are you trying <laughs> oh, to like? Oh, I love work? the corn on the cob. Are you tour. trying to be his? Uh, great. Make him a corn star. Is that what's going on here? The corn star. Yeah, all the corn. Mm. And yeah, you know. By the freak way, freak on a leash. Freak right. on a leash. Uh, one little thing for the corn ferry crowd. We have an event here in town, and. The event that they play at Scarlet yeah. has some, an interesting list of past champs. Two of them. One is Justin Thomas, one of the hottest players in the game. The other one who won recently, Scotty Scheffler, who has just had one of the hottest stretches in golf history and won the Masters. Mm. He won that event. Yeah. And that's the event, of course, where which 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 hole is it where when they birdie the hole, you get... 12, how, Bone. 12. And how long do you have to go get the dollar you know beers? It might be the 13th. I'm not, I think the par 3 is the 13th. There. Okay. You have 60, you have like 5 minutes or so, or okay. 10 minutes, and then it's dollar beers, yeah, the birdie have, bar. Yeah. yeah, whenever someone hits a birdie on that hole, everybody runs to the bar, which is right there, and you it's get Coors cheap Lights, beers. too. Cheap beers. Yours. Yeah. I like Coors Light. Yeah. Aren't you glad you know this stuff now? Love it. Yeah. What's coming up on the Buckeye Show tonight? Big show. Big show tonight. Tyvis is with me. We have a, a couple of guests. Ty Tucker. This guy is such a legend, the tennis coach at Ohio State. The facility is named after him, and he's in the midst of his coaching career there. It's his facility. We're going to talk good. to him. They're in the NCAA tournament. And Bryson Rogers, wide receiver commit. We we're talking about how Texas offered him yesterday. He's going to come on the show and be prepared to be impressed with that guy. You, you talking about you talking to high schoolers? We are. Who are you, Lori? Ooh, call me up, high schooler. Trying to get the recruiting news. Got to find out what's going on. Tim Lemming here for recruiting. Sure. Buckeye show, top of the hour, right here on the fan. Back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, how about this in uh, Palm Beach, Woo! which is of course in Florida? There was a single-engine Cessna airplane that took Incredible. off, heading to the Bahamas. It was a private, you know, just a couple people in this plane, right? Three people, I think, probably teaching, right? No, no, they no, were not just teaching. flying. They were flying privately just to go out there to to head out to the Bahamas. Must be nice. What turned into teaching, right? Because the person flying the plane became incapacitated was unresponsive. They aren't sure what happened, or at least that's not being released. But what is known is that air traffic controller Robert Morgan got a call from the plane, and actually he had walked out of the the air traffic control tower for a break Mm. real quick, and then found out, oh no, the passengers are radioing in saying, pilot is unresponsive, what should we do? We don't know how to fly. So he, Robert Morgan, flight instructor, decided to jump in, he rushed over there, talked through everything, got these passengers to head over to a pretty big airport, to the Palm Beach International Airport, which is not where they took off from. But he said, let's give them the biggest target to land on. Gigantic as to like, concrete landing strip. Yeah. So they said all these commercial Six miles long. All these commercial <laughs> flights are waiting to take off because 
They wanted the runway clear, of course, so that this guy can try to land this plane. Sure enough, they talked the guy through it. He got he was eight miles out. They got him to turn it around, got it flown in there. He lands the Cessna and is able to get it on the ground. Morgan said it was a 10 out of 10 landing and everybody was okay. So they actually had a little audio of the the pilots asking, like, what's going on? What's the holdup? And so the radio traffic guy comes back on and says, you know that plane that just landed out there? That was the passengers landing that plane. And so one of the Amazing. American Airlines pilots said, oh, hey, that's a great job. I didn't know that. You need a paved landing strip to do this kind Stop of job. Stop saying landing strip because you're, you're <laughs> you, driving you me crazy. It's called, it's called a Stop. landing strip. It's you where do. you land on a strip. Stop saying it's it. It's got to be can't have a landing strip. No, or paved. You it, can't see the dirt, it can't be a gravel or dirt you, track landing you strip. You should see the look on Timmy's face. <laughs> you got to have. What he's saying. I mean, you got to have it basically be like. I don't know. It's got to be smooth. It's, it's you smooth don't want any type of any type of gravel. Too. It or, has to extend. It's got to be long. Extended landing strip. I agree with you. Room for mistakes. Sure. Buckeye shows coming up next. The NFL schedule release show is at eight o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Look out for a crash on East Broad Street at 270, and you have a crash on westbound 70 after 270 on the west side. And you have slow traffic to look out for on US 33 eastbound between 270 and Gender Road. This report is sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. The Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus, the fan. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I too would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now. Yeah. For almost 20 years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills. Like, my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, 
out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt I think on you it. Should. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. thanks. You, you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like that makes you. Yeah, but don't you just stop? What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like I just. You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like oh he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn but you're you, saying i i think you're people saying get the wrong impression you would accuse me of it even though you know me and know i would never do right. something like that i that's, know i know i've known you the, for years that's bad but i would just yell well, racist at you and run away well, i'm glad i don't shave my head all the way down then is it okay where it is now because oh, i just want, fine now okay good i yeah, just want to make sure like every other fat soccer yes, loving guy good. right I now <laughs> i don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate so good all right A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something.